Alright, hello people of Defend the House and welcome back to episode 2 of the Big Roundup Podcast. Before we get into the games of February, uh, I just want to give a quick little shout out to another podcast we do. Uh, One thing I want to say is the people who watch these podcasts is maybe our lowest viewed series. And I think it has maybe the most positive comments out of any videos we do. (laughs) So to all you guys out there that enjoy this and leave those nice comments, thank you. Because our comment section is, um, moving on. Uh, yeah, we do another podcast with our friend Ben. (laughs) It's a bit less formal, it's a bit of a mess, very free-flowing conversation. More about stuff that we play outside of the big AAA, like multiplayer, uh, battle royale, uh, lifestyle games, and indie stuff. And news. Uh, you know, a generic fucking mm-hmm. gaming podcast. But if you like this stuff, mm-hmm. there was more of that available on... Wherever you're listening to your podcast. Yes. Pretty much. Because by the time yeah. this has gone up, you will have spread our podcast ugh, into all the crevices of the internet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry about, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. It doesn't wash out. February 2019. Let's go chronological. Yeah. Starting with... Devil May Cry 5. And I remember at the end of the first podcast, I said that I wasn't even interested in paying full price for Devil May Cry because I was really not that interested in Devil May Cry. I have played the franchise very casually. I used to play 1, 2, and 3 with my friend on the PlayStation. I don't think i touched 4 and we messed around and played the remake by Ninja Theory last year. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Ninja Theory mm-hmm. game. But I'm not a big beat-em-up guy. I don't really like the genre. S- S- what is it called? Stylish hard action or something? I have no I, idea. I don't know what the genre is called. I don't even know. Except for Devil May Cry and Bayonetta. I don't even know of other beat-em-up franchises. But I God of War originally oh, yeah. was totally one of these. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't really play the original God no. of Wars. I played three because it was really cinematic and visually amazing for the time. But I think I tried to go back to one and two, and I didn't really get very far. So not really my thing. I don't like fighting games. I don't really like learning button combinations. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's just something that doesn't really. I don't know. I just don't. It doesn't stick in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. But for whatever Which reason. Is weird which we'll get oh. into, I fucking loved Devil May Cry. Huh. I think Devil May Cry 5 is one of the coolest games ever made. It rips <laughs> shit, this game. Holy <laughs> shit did I love Devil May Cry 5. And I can't really figure out why. I mean, I have a lot of praise to give to the game, a lot of things <laughs> I think are amazing. But again, even a great game in this genre, I wouldn't really expect to click with me because I would argue that Mm. um, the Bayonetta games are amazing games in this genre. And people hail Mm. the Bayonettas as probably the king of the genre, a little bit above DMC, I would say. And I played... I have no idea. I wouldn't... (laughs) Don't ask me. People love Bayonetta. Um, They do, yeah. People love DMC, though, as well. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I I played the original Bayonetta and I was like, wow, this is crazy. The visuals are cool. But hey, it's not really my genre. So I came away thinking, ah, that was, that was, that was pretty good. But for some reason, DMC5 just really, really clicked with me. 
and I think I think it might be the most balanced and newcomer friendly uh, game in this genre that I've played. Really? Yeah, because I just found it extremely accessible. There is a very large list of combos, and you can just kind of stick around with some of the more basic to remember, the more basic combos and the easy to remember Mm. combos, and still feel like you're kicking ass and doing well. Uh, I should say that I did play it on easy difficulty. Well, so did I, because the menu has two options, and one says... This is for people who don't play these games. And the other one says, this is for veterans. And I was like, well, I am not a veteran of DMC, so... <laughs> and it's very easy. Uh, it is very easy. Because I'm going through... I don't through... think I, I did not die. Uh, no, I don't think I did either. I'm going it's pretty much impossible to die in that game, though, because you get like 17 of those revive tokens, and you can just pay red orbs as well to revive yourself. So yeah, it's like... I didn't even know about that mechanic, because I haven't died either yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I only heard about that. I was like, oh. oh I, I saw it on no a stream. Idea. I saw someone mm-hmm. die. But yeah, um, I mean, there's two components of DMC. There's the combat, which is obviously the more, the heartier version of the game. And there's there's the story. And I don't really know what's going on in the story, but we can talk about the no. cutscenes. But, but before we dive in, I might as well pass it over to you and mm. let you give your general consensus on DMC. Five. Uh, my general consensus on DMC5 is more or less in line with all the other character action games I've played, which is like, yeah, it was good. It was, it was okay. It was good. Yeah. It had yeah. some good stuff in it. Like is, I, I can't really debate or argue against you because I expected to feel how you felt. And I, yeah. I don't know if I can break down why it clicked so much of me. I think for me, the two things that were off-putting... Uh, one of them is like a very good thing for people who really like the genre and the other is just sort of, well, uh, so I, I think like the combat is insanely deep and complicated. Yes. And there are three different playable characters that you switch around between very often and they all have a ridiculous amount of depth to them, which I think is very good for the people if who you, want it. Right? If you want, yeah, I was going to say, if you want it, you can go really yeah. deep. Like, not to Whereas interrupt I, so, you, sorry to interrupt, but there was, like, mm-hmm. a couple of combos uh, available to purchase that I just completely ignored, even though I could afford oh, yeah. them. I remember one being, like, press forward, then back, then triangle, and I was like, I'm never buying <laughs> <Yeah>. that one. <laughs> I bought that once, and I was like, I, I'm never going to use this. Maybe I'll hit it by accident, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I yeah. got one. Uh, so I think, like, the character switching is cool and it's great it's really impressive that they have you know three different characters with three unique combat systems and all of them are very deep yeah uh but i am not good at remembering how to play these characters Mm -hmm. and so i would feel like every time i would be just figuring it out it would switch to a different character right yeah and i would have complete and then i would be like okay and then i would just start to figure them out and then it would switch back and i'd be like i've forgotten how to play Nero completely. <laughs> yeah. I'll Nero just hit circle difficult. occasionally while I hit triangle. And that that carried through the whole way, I would say, which is just a problem because of me and I'm just not good at learning these like I just don't get a lot out of these combo like combo heavy games and button, you know, combos. Um Yeah. And then when it was over, I was hoping like maybe they would give you the option to just stick as one character all the way through, which would have been great even though it breaks the story, but it would have been yeah, fun to just... Been, yeah, the game doesn't take itself seriously, so that 
I'm surprised that's not at least like a silly option to do. Yeah, like you can reload all the missions and, you know, carry forward all your upgrades. But I was really hoping that by the end of it, I would be able to play through the whole game as one character because I, I mean, Dante is pretty good. Uh, yeah, my favorite. When I first got Dante, I was like, oh, I like this game is too much for me because he was just like, you've got six weapons and three firearms and four different stances. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, game, don't do this to me. It was like a Neo a- control scheme almost. Yeah, he gets some 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 weapons pretty quickly though that are the very good and I, I very oh, much yeah. enjoyed using them. Uh and so I like I would have played through the whole game just as as Dante, but they don't let you, which is unfortunate. So <laughs> that was my biggest problem with the gameplay is that I would just be like, "Okay, I'm learning, learning, getting good. Okay, switch characters." And it's just like repeating over and over again. I never felt like I was mastering it, uh, but that's more because of just how my brain works with these games. Um, also and- I don't know if you know about the DMC games, but they are very, very built around um, playing more than once. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. It's just kind I, of oh, how I the franchise that, yeah. has always been. There's actually six difficulty modes in yeah, this game. Yeah, I know. That's I, it's crazy. Yeah. It, and also, and, you, um, I think there might even be one power that I haven't even got yet. Because oh, I've seen yeah. people play Nero, and they have these, this overlay near the Devil Trigger, and it's like a bunch of bullets, and I, I still don't know what that is. Oh, that's if you hold down the 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 shoot button. Yeah, like. But I don't fills have that, that UI thing. It's on the UI. Yeah. I don't think I have that. Like, I've never seen that before. Maybe you just maybe you just don't notice it when you're playing. I don't know. Maybe. But some of the skills are like five hundred thousand orbs. Yeah. And it's like I've never gotten more than seventy thousand at any point. You know. Well, so well, yeah. I no, was... I know that they're all about replaying. Yeah. I thought it was maybe because at the end of the game you get a new ability for Nero which I won't mm-hmm. ruin. I thought maybe mm-hmm. you get a second ability. I don't know. Maybe I am just completely tunnel vision and blind and I just forgot it was maybe, there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. So like, I, I mean, it's mainly just because I, I just don't really care about the com this style of combat. Um, and there's just so much going on with it. And it's just, it's great that it's so complicated for the people, you know, because it should be because the DMC audience is hardcore and they, you know, but for me, I'm like, I'm an idiot. Just <laughs> let me keep it simple, please. Which is why um, something like DMC uh, by Ninja Theory was appealing is because that like that, there's certainly a lot going like a decent amount going on with the combat in that game, but it was the same character all the way through. You know, you'd be able to learn these different abilities, and I, I ended up really enjoying the combat in DMC from Ninja Theory because it was sort of slower, a little bit heavier feeling, um, which you eventually get with Dante with the right weapons. Yeah. I would say my biggest problem is just that it, um, I sort of waited like eighty percent of the game for it to get going. Like I, I just, I was, I expect these games to be buck wild crazy, <laughs> and. Bayonetta is certainly certainly yeah. is. Uh, DMC, I would say, from Ninja Theory gets there pretty quickly and does some pretty amazing stuff with level design and presentation very quickly. Uh, and this, I just thought, like the cutscenes are very compelling and they do some fun stuff. And the last hour or hour and a half is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but all the way getting there, I was just sort of waiting for it to go crazy and it never really does uh it definitely yeah it's definitely a step down from ninja theory's crazy boss fights 
Yeah, and level design. I think the level design in DMC5 is really boring. Uh, yeah, it's just... it's a bit re- it kind of reminds me of... Oof, this is going to be maybe controversial, but it reminds me a little bit of Doom, where it's like, here is the, a destroyed Earth, and now here is like an yeah. alien planet, and it's kind of and just those it. two, yeah. Yeah, it feels... Honestly, the level design feels like a last-gen game, I would say. Um, and in terms of, like, style sort of looks like... I mean, it's obviously, you know, the game looks great, but, like, it's just ruined empty city streets or like generic gloopy demon stuff you know <laughs> yeah it's fair. and that's the entire game and uh they do a little bit near the end right it's just like there's that cool boss fight near the end where the sky like shatters and that's really neat yeah um and again the last this game ended on a very high note for me for sure because like it started strong and then i was like okay you know, I get it. I'm waiting, 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 and waiting, waiting till like chapter 19. And then 19 or 20 are like, okay, this game is. If the whole game had been like that, which is very ridiculous to sustain, of course, uh, it would be. I would very highly regard it. But I think, like, level design wise, Ninja Theory's DMC game is way more exciting, even though it does have those boring levels. Um, but. This this was just sort of like that all the way through, except for the end, and then that's that was a bummer to me. I was promised craziness, and it it certainly got there, but it took way longer than I was hoping. Um, yeah, I would, which is too bad. I would agree on the lack of environmental difficulty, but I think for yeah. me, I was just enjoying the combat so much and the pacing right. of the game so much that that kind of faded away and became a little bit irrelevant to my enjoyment of the experience. And it might have helped yeah. that I beat it in a very small amount of sessions because I really got into it quite quickly and there just hasn't been much out. I'm a bit of I'm a bit desperate right now when it comes to video <laughs> games. Like I'll yeah. take anything I can get. And also I haven't played a game in the Comfy Lounge on the PlayStation Pro in the nice setup this year. I haven't played... I think Spider-Man was the last game I played on a Pro. So it was just mm. like a change of pace for me, being a nice, comfy gaming experience. So I really got into the flow. And without that, um, I think beating it in almost two sessions really helped me to keep a grip on the different characters. And I just think the variety in those three characters and how each system... I was going to say each system could maybe have its own game, but I don't 100% agree on that because of V. I do like V, but I don't think he could be a whole game yeah you're right on his own he doesn't really change much but i do Uh, think they should be commended for achieving three varied and competent and fun different combat styles in one game like mm -hmm. if i was a developer i'd be sneaky and shelf one i'm like well we've got to make a sequel i'm just gonna tuck this away (laughs) for the future but no yeah Uh, and that for me was a great pacing mechanism i really enjoyed switching between the characters and i couldn't really decide which one I liked the most. I found Nero to be a bit overwhelming at first because you get a lot of devil triggers his little arms very quickly. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, you know, I, 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 I got seven arms. I don't even know what any of them I do. I didn't understand that system for quite a long time. Me I neither. thought you could, I was like, how do you switch between the arms? And it's like, no, you just, you destroy it and lose the other one. I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't, I didn't get that for a very long time. Yeah, I didn't even know you could hold down circle. I think I missed that tutorial for like a big mega attack. And I was like, oh, I didn't oh, know. I don't know if I knew that either. <laughs> yeah. That should speak to how experienced we are with these video games. So then I, I was enjoying V more because V's kind of a bit casual. He, yeah. He kind of plays himself a little bit. He's very 
uh, easy. I, I don't know. We played on the easy difficulty, so it feels a little bit, you know, reductive to just say to say the game was easy. But I found V to kind of play itself. But it was visually really cool. I like the style of V, the way he's reading poetry around the the battlefield, and there's <laughs> a goddamn silly. panther and a crow and a big sludge monster. It's just ridiculous, and I love the visuals yeah. of V stuff. Um, and then I just, uh, when I clicked with Nero, I was like, damn, I think I like Nero more. And then Dante came along. I was like, you know what? Dante's the best. And I just yeah. had this really fun back and forward with the different playstyles and the different characters where I was like going back and forth between which one I liked more. And as I got deeper with each character, I just kind of became, you know, more into that character and the diversity and some complexity that I got into was really rewarding to me. I, I love the triple character setup for the pacing and for once i actually have started replaying devil may cry and i say for once because i don't really replay games <laughs> very often i have a weird brain and i just like to try and tick off as many games and get to new experiences but when i came out the end of dmc5 i this might be because i'm not very experienced with the genre but i just didn't feel like i had mastered any of them maybe v mm. v's pretty easy but I just didn't feel like I had a grip on Nero or Dante. And I was like, I want to get back in and I want to see if I can actually get good at the game. Uh, who knows if I'm going to ever get there because I'm halfway through normal mode and I'm still like getting A's and B's. So <laughs> who knows if I'm ever going to be good at the game. But yeah. You have to turn on the, uh, the pre-visualization cutscenes yes. for the second half of that game because they're really good. Yeah, I don't really know enough about these games to go like super deep and analyze the combat systems. I don't have much experience. I just know that as a pacing mechanism, I found it hard to put down. I think mm. they achieved three fun, varied combat systems. And I just had a blast fighting stuff all the way through. I don't really recall finding any of the fights or enemy designs frustrating. Uh, I, I think the boss visuals are some of the most impressive like boss animations I've seen in any games. The bosses look fucking crazy. Especially in 4K, I'm just saying the particles on those bosses. Oof. Oof, they look good. But yeah, I've, I wish I knew more about the genre to go like deep into the combat system, but I just found it kind of easy to get to grips with and I enjoyed all three characters. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a reason we're not doing like a standalone review for it. We're just I, completely unqualified. Yes, uh, we are unqualified for, for sure. Um... Yeah, that's sort of my gist of it is like, I wish it was way crazier and I wish you could just stick with one character. Uh, I think it would make, I think it would make sense for a replay. You know, I get, I totally get it for the first time through, but uh, it would be, it would have been, I would have replayed, I probably would have replayed that whole game with the previous live action cutscenes enabled. And if I could just play Dante, I, I would probably replay most of that game. Um, what did uh, what did you think of the weird co-op cameo system? That's what they call it, I a cameo system. Didn't understand it at all. Uh, they, I don't think they ever explained it, or if they no. did, I missed it. So I, I never saw anything. Sometimes I would just get a thing that said "rate this guy," and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to not give him stylish, so good job." But I have no idea what that was. <laughs> like, I, I literally have no idea. <laughs> I one time heard some fighting happening somewhere, but I think it was just. I don't know if it was another. It was. It happened late in the game when there's like it made sense for it to be with the other story character to be there. Yeah. Or maybe that was a human. I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. If you are, see a character, it is another player. It's like their data. Um. I don't know. I think it might be live because I, I think it's their data because I 
I don't know how you would in, like quote, uh, invade is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Like I don't know how you would invade someone else's game. Well, when I you load one of those levels, that. it says searching for session, and then it has their mm. name on the left. And I think one time I paused it when it made some food, and it had a different name. So I assume it just like unsync. I don't know. They haven't really like gone into detail about how it works, but I know it's other players. You might be right. It might just be a replay of what they did. But there are some levels where you can actually not just see them in the distance, but you cross paths with them properly. Oh, weird. No, I never saw any oh, really? of that. I had yeah. that in two levels. Oh. One was V and Nero, and one's when you can choose between all three of them. Uh, someone who's playing hmm. Dante bumped into me. I, nope. I, like I said, I heard a fight happening once in the distance. I was like, what's going on? I'm confused. Oh, that's a shame. Saw like the, the rate someone's style three times and that was it. And I was like, okay, I don't oh, know what's happening. That's a bit of a bummer. <laughs> because it's it's weird to have like an under, not, not what was the word I was going to use? Like a, almost like a subtle multiplayer version. I don't know. It's a really weird system. It's weird that it's in there. Yeah. But I think it's kind of neat. It's a little bit confusing. I think understated was the word I was looking for. It's just like mm. this really small thing, but they've obviously like set up servers for it. And it's, I don't know, it's an experimental and unique idea. And I think it's kind of neat, especially when you play the other side and you see someone like playing as Nero, etc. Yeah, but I thought right. it was cool. From a, like a tech point of view, I've never seen someone do like a really understated and subtle co-op experience where it's not really co-op. They're just in the background doing their own thing. It's weird, but it's interesting. Very in the background, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Gotta get the binoculars out for me, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The The story is nonsense, uh, but it knows that. I, um, the whole game is very good about, like, it's it's pretty self-serious, but in a way that, like, in, a, like, a trashy way, like, yeah, they know what they're doing, I would say. It's not a funny game, for the most part, but they know, like the Capcom, everyone that made the game understands what they're doing with the tone. Mm -hmm. uh, there are moments of comedy for sure. Uh, like I loved all of the intro um, funny things what they do with the van shop every time she, <laughs> you call her. And there's it always some finds a way. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I was cheering or laughing i don't know i was making excited noises for the last hour or so of that game because it, it they really do get there big mm -hmm. time by the end of that game like they really that the last hour of that game is definitely one of the best last hours of a game i've played in, in quite a while it, yeah. it, it really ended on a high note for me and definitely improved my overall opinion of it because if it hadn't uh, achieved that level of craziness that i was hoping for i would have been just giving this game a big shrug, basically. I, I will say I uh, was disappointed when Dante and uh, another person go off to do something and you don't really get to play that mission. I, maybe because I was just enjoying myself and I was like, hell yeah, let's do more stuff. And then it's just like a little credits thing. I was like, oh, I kind of wanted yeah. to do that mission. I felt like a tease. Yeah. Maybe DLC is coming up. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, it looks very good. I think in-game, you know, gameplay looks solid. I think the the quality of the environments let it down but like the particles and animations and all that are really good yeah the boss fights and, look uh, really impressive i thought and the character models look good but the cutscenes are really wild looking yeah uh, i think all the characters and all the voice actors did a really good job i thought yeah the, yeah a lot of charisma a lot of goofiness 
and I, I pretty much enjoyed all of the, the cutscenes, even though didn't really understand what was going on, it's kind of similar to our Resident Evil 2 talk, where we're just so behind on the franchise that, but it's just gibberish at this point for us. Yeah, Resident Evil 2 is a little, you know, easier. It's like, ah, evil corporation doing tests. It's like, okay, I can understand that part of it. But this is like, I don't know, there's a giant demonic tree that sucks blood. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, like, the characters are all <laughs> kind of, like, cringy and emo in a way. But, like, again, it's all presented well. And, like, the voice actors do a good job. Everyone seems to understand what they're doing. Like... It's very self-serious, and V is always like, I'm reading poetry in this, and it's very... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you actually and Nier is, like is a bit of a whiny bitch, and Dante is just like this cocky asshole, yeah. and uh, and everybody, the, they do a really good job with the character stuff, and they, the cutscenes were very compelling. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, that helps that it looks so ridiculously good, the cutscenes. The, the I will say, one, one thing I did find a little bit weird is it does look quite close to Resident Evil 2 visually at times. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, the character models especially, yeah. Yeah. It has this like engine weird... has that style, like the sort of over-animated almost, in a, I don't know. It doesn't, yeah, look, something... it doesn't look just like it. It's almost like a cousin of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's close enough where I'm like, this looks a little bit like RE2. <laughs> Not yeah. a bad thing, but just, just something I wanted to point out. Totally, yeah. I think, I think my only other complaint is there are a lot of loading times there are yeah i'm glad you mentioned that i've only started noticing it more because um i was replaying it and i um, forgot to switch over to those um pre-viz cutscenes, which i do want to watch mm -hmm. but before that i was like eh, i've seen this cutscene i'm going to skip it and if you're skipping cutscenes, which i assume a lot of people will be doing if they're playing it three or four times Oof, there's a lot of loading screens because it has to yeah. load the cutscenes. And sometimes there's like two or three of them. It's got a lot of cutscenes in the game. So if you're just skipping them, sometimes it's two to three loading bars before getting into the mission. Jeez. And you have to load to like get to the shop and get back out of the shop. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely a lot of loads, which is unfortunate. Yeah, because, uh... it's a minor complaint. For me, yeah. the pacing and actually getting into all three combat systems was enough for me to have an absolute blast all the way through. And I thought the Good. bosses were visually amazing and varied and fun. And I look forward to slowly replaying it. I don't know how many times I'm going to beat it. Um, there is one mode which sounds really fun where uh, everyone is one hit. I think it's called Heaven or Hell mode. And it, all the enemies are one hit. And that just sounds really fun to blast through. So <laughs> I think I'm going to try and get to that mode. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Well, yeah. good. I'm glad you're sort of having like the RE7 experience that I had where it's like, you just want to replay it a bunch and get all the weird shit unlocked, mm -hmm. which is good. It's I, I think it was just it like expectations. I wasn't expecting yeah. anything. And maybe just my mood at the time. Like a fast-paced yeah. action game in my sitting down in my armchair for once. Instead it's of nice to play like a 10-hour game where yeah. you just can sit on the couch and relax. And it's only 10 hours long and pretty mindless I... when you're playing on easy. <laughs> it really, for some reason, it reminded me of the energy and the feeling I got from playing Doom, where I was mm. just like, this rocks. It had that same type of like, violent energy for me. And I, I'm i just saying, Doom Eternal has got some work to do for me. That's all I'm going to say. Because DMC uh, is like my favorite action game, and it's, I think it's better than Doom. I'm just going to say it. 
Well, I yeah, I mean, I don't like the co- I don't like that style of combat in any way. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, don't, That's I don't feel much. I, I, I think I also just have um, problems with the pacing of these games because Bayonetta is the same way. DMC is the same way where you like run around for like 30 seconds. You fight for you fight like six enemies. Then it gives you a big rating and then you watch cutscene and then you do that again and then the level ends and. I don't know. I, I, it's something with the genre where it's it's more or less the same structurally for all those games. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I've never really liked that. Mm. I never feel like I can get into a flow. I don't know. I like I, I wanted kind of the digestible combat to, because of that. Yeah. Like I only ever played in like two mission chunks as well. So it'd be like an hour, mm. um, maybe 90 minutes, you know, which it, it is, it, it was pretty digestible, but I feel like I'm never able to get into a flow because the combat is really quick as well. I don't know. I, I I sort of prefer longer stretches of playing, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that makes it. Where it's like, I'd rather play for like 30 minutes and then spend five minutes in cutscenes and then another 30 minutes or something. But that's eh, whatever. People that like De- De- Devil May Cry seem to be really, uh, really loving the combat in this game, which is good to see. Especially Man, Dante. It's, God, it's good. Because it's it, Dante has the best in game weapon in video games. I'm putting it out there. I don't think <laughs> yeah, it's a new it's weapon pretty good. for DMC, but I've never seen it before, so I think it's fucking crazy. Man. It's pretty good. I pretty much only be, use you, that weapon as well. <laughs> you know what would be pretty good is if Doom Guy used that weapon in Doom Eternal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he could totally use that thing. They just he just punches Dante in the face and takes it off of him. That'd be pretty sweet. Oh my god. I that would be amazing. That. <laughs> are we are we rating this? We're doing our stars. Oh sure, yeah. If you want to. Well, we haven't really. Have we decided the way we're doing this? Are we doing one score? Are we having our own scores? There's no rules. <laughs> it only really comes into play when we have a when we do a standalone review. Really. Uh, yes, that is true. And since we're not doing a DMC5 standalone review, I guess it doesn't matter that we're probably going to have some conflict when it comes to the amount of stars we're going to give it. Probably, yeah. Because, well, are we doing, is is there half stars? If there's not half stars, this is a five-star game for me. I still haven't decided because I haven't needed to do a half-star game for a review yet. And it only becomes real once it's gotten a review, a standalone review. (laughs) If it's half stars, it's four and a half. If it's full stars, it's five stars. I think half stars are a cop out. Five stars. Fuck it. There you go. Take it. There you go. I don't even feel. I don't know. I I don't even feel like I'm able to give it a score because it's like. Well, at least you're honest about you know. My time with it is like probably a three star time with it, except for the end, which was like five stars. The last like hour was the last hour was like five star experience. Last ninety minutes maybe was like a five star experience. (laughs) Everything else, I was just kind of like, yeah, this is good. Like, it's one of those things where I know it's well-made. Yeah. But I just don't, like, it just doesn't click with me very much. And I knew that going in. Like, and I, so I so don't you res- really... So you respect it more than you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't really, I mean, I can't hold it against the game that it's like, I know this genre is not for me. Like, yeah. Like, just fundamentally. So, like... People will get it. As long as you're open about that stuff, people will get it. Yeah, so, I mean, I... I but but I, it makes me feel like I don't even, I shouldn't even put a rating on it because I just don't feel like qualified to do that okay so what you're saying is just five stars sure there you go hell yeah (laughs) hell yeah 
God, that game five and awesome. three, five and four. I don't know, man. Who cares? Seven stars out of seven five. star game out of five. Hell yeah, that's what it deserves. This game's awesome. <laughs> I'm surprised you like. I didn't know that you liked it so much. And Me that's too. Cool. That's, I was I'm not glad. not expecting it. Yeah, who would have thought? I was gonna say like, I of the two big Capcom games, RE2 is much more uh, my thing. Mm-hmm. Much fair. more enjoyable. Fair, fair. Even though. Man, the last hour of DMC5 was good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, talking about... God. Let's move on from something really exciting. <laughs> I to... never something completely boring. <laughs> well, I shouldn't talk. We're moving on to The Division <laughs> 2, which I have not played. It's going to be very similar to the way we did Anthem last month, where yeah. I just kind of look at the lifestyle game and push it into Jameson's lap and say, you deal with that. And it's, you well, it's honestly similar to the DMC thing where it's like, you know, but even more so of an extreme where it's like, you just don't like these games. They're not for you. I can. Or you, the you mood could can you have the potential maybe to like them. but Yes, the mood can strike every now and then, but yeah. not very often. I remember last year yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to play the Division 1 because I was in the mood to just shoot shit and listen to podcasts. And that, that just happens to me every now and then, but on yeah. a regular day-to-day basis, not really, no. Yeah, so it's the Division Two is out. Mm-hmm. Um, I we got codes for it. Um, Thanks, Ubi. Spoilers, I guess. I don't know. Um, I played through the first game when it came out, um, which was what three years ago, I think. Right around this time of year, three years ago. I can't remember because I played it very late. Um, I played it on the Xbox One for a laugh. Crush. <laughs> uh, and. I played through that game, hit the max level, played a little bit more after that. It was like, you know, 30 hours or so for over two or three weeks, and then I never touched it again. Um, yeah, I played 10 hours of The Division, and I thought it was boring. <laughs> Jeez. So I, I, I'll preface just a, a little bit here, um, and I'll preface it as well in the standalone review, is that I, so like... I did not keep up with the division at all. And they made a lot of changes to the division one. Yeah. Um, I booted it up recently. Uh, and then again, after playing the division two, I was like, man, this game is a lot like the division two, uh, <laughs> in a, like the first game didn't have a gear score. It didn't have much content after you beat the campaign. Um, there, there were a lot of like sort of systemy changes to the division one that came long after launch that are just in the division two on day one. Mm-hmm. So I'll, there will be some things that I talk about that are like, I think this is new. Uh, maybe it's not. Um, it's new, let's say, compared to launch day of the division one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also was going to say something that I've forgotten. Sick. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. The Division 2 is an ongoing game, <laughs> so I always feel a little weird reviewing those as well, because they, they like sometimes they can go undergo pretty amazing changes in a very short yeah, period of time. Yeah, but people are paying for it now, so... Exactly, you're right. Um, so I've played like 35 hours of it in like a week. It was, I, I would not have played so much in such a short span of time if I wasn't sort of interested in getting a a fairly thorough review out quickly. The things you do but for I the craft, mate. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to rush through it. I wanted to be thorough. So, I, but I, 
yeah, I sort of surprised myself with that playtime. Um, the first 10 hours or so of this game I thought were really fucking boring. <laughs> it was weird. I, like, when they announced the Division 2, I was like, yeah, sure. And then I'm on board with that. And then the closer we got to it, I was like, man, I... I don't know. I I don't know if I need the division in my life because the first game also came out when Destiny was sort of boring again. It wasn't bad. Destiny. Was well, you you'd also boring. played like a bunch of Anthem, and I think new Destiny Be- uh, new Destiny content was just coming out. So yeah, so like the first game came out when Destiny was boring, not bad, just like not much content coming out. So mm-hmm. it was like, ah, oh, I haven't played much Destiny. I'm in the mood for one of these games. Done. This comes out at a time after Destiny has gotten to the best it's ever been and is very content rich and ongoingly content rich um and i was sort of thinking anthem would be good but then after i played anthem i was like i'm actually kind of looking forward to the division 2 because it should be well made at the very least yeah um which it is and then i got into it and like i said the first five eight eight, ten maybe even ten hours maybe it was more like seven i don't know um i was just really having a hard time (laughs) getting into it and i don't know why because it's not like it changes all that much okay um i mean it's you know you shoot humans with regular modern guns um and you get gear that makes the number go up and that's uh but so yeah so i don't really know why i it might have just been a mindset thing but i eventually had it click with me um and i would say just broadly speaking the division two is good it's quite good it's a very solid very complete package uh there are a few things that i'm very curious about that are not in the game yet uh that are sort of like really end game things but they said they're coming soon right there is a raid there's the first time they're doing a raid it's eight players they said it's coming soon i can't believe Um, the original game didn't have raids I didn't know that. Yeah, they introduced something called incursions, which mm. were sort they were they were not raids though. Um, they the first game did not ever get raids, which was surprising. Yeah, so there are a couple of things that I'm like, I, I almost think like maybe I should do like a little mini, really small follow up video after I've seen the raid. You know? Cause no, why not? I, I don't know. Yeah, people seem to yeah. really enjoy the anthem thing, so. If there's ever any yeah. major expansions, I don't see why they can't get their own little standalone update impressions. Yeah. yeah. So, um... <laughs> These games are always... I don't ever even know where to start with it. Gameplay, um, very similar to the first game. You know, the shooting still feels good. I, I think it's a good playing third-person shooter. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, the first one felt fine. Yeah, I think the gunplay feels good. The recoil control is very easy on the PC, which I've, I didn't really realize until starting this game. It's like, oh, turns out shooting guys with auto automatic weapons on a controller at 30 frames per second is a lot harder than doing <laughs> it on PC with a mouse at 120 FPS. <laughs> yeah. um, you just sort of slowly drag your mouse down and you hit every single shot uh, with an auto rep- automatic weapon. But anyways, uh, the, the gameplay foundation, I think, is very solid. I think that the best thing they do with gameplay is their movement system is really slick and fluid. Like being able to, you just auto sprint, you know, with one click and then you just hold down a button and you'll just clamber, you know, slide over anything that gets in your way. It's sort of a very light parkour-like system. The first game was exactly the same. Uh, It's just a good feeling game, I think, fundamentally, which is (laughs) uh, coming off of Anthem. 
that's a that's a <laughs> thumbs up. Your game feels good to play ninety percent of the time. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Check it off the box. Um gameplay wise there are a few problems um the one problem i have gameplay well there's two sometimes the it's a little unresponsive for you to move Mm. um where you're like oh i need to get out of this cover right now and you like i just feel like the roll takes a little too long and there's like a delay between rolls combat rolls to like get out of anyways it's a small thing that happened a couple of times where i was like i couldn't get out of this area in a smooth enough manner and i got killed and that's frustrating but that's pretty minor um they've expanded their gameplay systems a decent amount with um the first you know the first game had a had skills which were like your abilities that you could pick and there was like nine of them or so um yeah and they weren't very interesting it was like the one that everyone used was like you could get like a turret I think yeah. it was a turret, or it was like some sort of sticky bomb, and you could use like a you could put down like a healing device, and that I feel like that's all anyone ever used in the first game. Um, this one they've expanded it. I think there's, I think there are eight different skill types, and then so there's like a drone, there's a shield, there's a a turret, there's like a little rolling golf ball that you explodes that follows you around. There's a. Uh, chemical launcher there's like a magic healing device so there's eight of those skills and each of them has four different versions basically Mm -hmm. so like the drone one of them will fly around and shoot enemies another one of them will fly around you and create like a barrier in front of you to try and like sort of deflect enemy bullets um the the chemical launcher you can launch like a healing gas or you can launch a flammable gas or you can launch a corrosive gas and one other one that i can't remember oh a cement you can you can launch um uh it's like riot foam that you can shoot at an oh. enemy and it like locks them in place for like a few seconds while they try and break out of it which is kind of neat yeah so they've successfully expanded the gameplay options i think quite substantially with the skill system um, there's a lot of versatility to to what you can use. You know, you can only have two equipped at once, but there are many options, and a lot of them seem very, very effective. Uh, and those get much more interesting when you're playing with other people and you're playing on a slightly higher difficulty or it's more challenging where you have to, you know, use your... you. They do a good job of making you want... You need to use your abilities regularly, which is good, which is an improvement over the first game. Um the enemy variety is quite good. Um, there are what four. really? Well, okay. I mean, visually, no. Like they're all human <laughs> okay. beings, right? Like the the legibility, I think, is the one of the problems with it is that like they just all look like humans, and yeah. often at a distance, I can't really tell which faction they are. Once they start playing, you can once you start fighting them, you sort of realize, oh, this is these guys. Okay, this makes sense. Um, and I know who they are, but sometimes at a distance you're like, are these the guys with yellow on their jacket or green? I don't know. Um, but yeah, there, there's a faction that's like really explosives heavy. There's guys with like TNT strapped to their chest that just run at you and you can shoot the TNT and cause it to explode. They, you know, they, they have like Molotovs and they have little RC cars with TNT on them as well that they drive towards you or 
the boss variant of that faction has a fucking RC car with saw blades on the front. Hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they drive that towards you and it'll cause you to bleed, which um, skips your armor. You have armor now in this game as well. So in the first game, it was just a health bar. In this, you have a health bar and then an armor armor on top. It's basically like your bulletproof vest, essentially. Um, and that gets depleted first and then your health bar and the the armor doesn't replenish. You have to heal it basically. And you get like five heals or something. Mm. Um, anyway, it's a, it's not the most, it's not a very substantial change. Um, but back to enemies. So there's like that faction. There's another faction that's like really into drugs. And one of them, one of the enemies just like takes a hit of like radical green gas and runs at you, goes all crazy, gets more HP and just runs at you to, to punch you. Um, there's a third faction that I'm completely forgetting right now. Uh, and then there's a fourth faction that only comes in once you've beaten the game. Uh, and they are like the super military faction who have like fucking robot drone dogs that run around and shoot you. Uh, you know that, what's that? Um, I actually think I've seen it in the trailer, the robot dog. What's the like big dog robot or whatever? Big dog robot? What's it? Boston Dynamics, Big Dog. You know the this one uh, here. I'm just gonna link it to you. Okay. It's the one that the guy like oh, kicks. You know, and it yes. For some reason, I was thinking of... in a video game. Yeah, the Metal Gear looking robot. That's real though. Yeah, um, they have things Boston. like that with like a yeah Boston Dynamics. Those guys are yeah. nuts. Yeah, so they have um you know robots like that that walk around the battlefield, which is interesting. They have little drones that they throw out. They have EMPs that they throw at you. The enemy variety is much improved over the first game. I don't remember anything about the enemies from the first game except for sometimes they would have a flamethrower. Yeah, I don't remember any unique and interesting abilities or behaviors. Yeah, so that's probably the biggest change gameplay-wise is that they, there are a lot more. There's a lot more variety to the hmm. enemies, and they they they're fairly different to fight against a lot of the times. You know, one of them has like a a guy who can go around and revive enemies that you've killed oh. uh, which uh, and heal them and give them different uh, ammo types. And there, there's a lot of variety there, uh, which is cool. Um, fuck, man. I, there's so much. It's a, think... Spoilers, it's a Ubisoft game, so there's a fucking lot going on. Hmm. <laughs> what were you going to say? I just wanted to not push you in a direction, but the thing I'm most Please interested do. about is... I played the first mission. Yeah. And I was like, hey, like environmentally and visually, this is like pretty varied and interesting. And I was like, is it just like the pilot of a new show where they put it all into the first mission because you're clearing out these enemies near the White House, mm. which is, I think, the base, right? The hub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I might play the campaign, but I might as well wait to this talk and let you confirm that it is at least interesting and varied. Because, like, I mean, I'd beat the game if it's, like, 20, 30 hours of fun shooting stuff. I'll be in the mood eventually for something like that. So there's... It's a, it's interesting. The open... So, okay. I think the game looks a lot worse than the first game. Yeah, and you said that, which is interesting to me. I think on the PC, I you know, I haven't seen the console version. So on the PC, the first game uh, had a lot of pretty crazy graphics tech in it Mm, um, and had a a really amazingly sharp clean image quality and the setting of new york city was much better 
and more interesting, I think, to look at than Washington. It was snowy so have, at times as well. Snow always just looks good. Exactly. Like New York is a more is a cooler city, just generally speaking, right? Like it's a beloved city. It's a famous city for a reason. Washington has like those four government buildings that everyone knows of. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what else is in Washington. Yeah. So I think the setting is a big step back um, in terms of like out and about in the open world. It all just sort of looks the same. It's all just sort of a slightly overgrown and slightly ruined city. Whereas the first game, I loved the sort of gloomy winter Christmas time, like lighting everywhere yeah. combined with this like super crisp, clean state of the art graphics. So I think visually and setting wise, this game is actually a, a surprisingly big step down. Yeah. Um, but it makes up for it a bit in the missions, which all take place like the first game. They all take place in unique interiors. Uh, and the, the interiors are much more varied than the first game. Um, there's definitely still a lot of, you know, hotels and parking lots and generic uh, regular environments. But you go through like three different types of museums. You go through like a um, Native American museum. You go through a, a, um, a train museum, which is fun. Nice. Uh, you go through a, a like jet propulsion lab, which has, you know, tons of ultra clean room white interiors along with like an exhibit which is like a recreation of mars so you're like fighting in an area that looks like mars cool um, i feel like the, the ubisoft environmental team is just so far above all the other teams at ubisoft <laughs> they do a very good job yeah like the yeah. assassin's creed games like the environmental stuff is always so good oh, yeah yeah so the so the interiors are really good. They're, every one of them has their own personality. I would say, or for the most part, there are there's like at least a dozen or so that are like very distinct. There's one where you go through like a newsroom, a news facility, and there's like fucking TVs on the entire wall and ceiling in one area, and they're all like flickering, and it looks like yeah. So the interiors I think are actually really good. They're a big step mm, cool. up from the first game, uh, and that's where the game actually looks quite good. But out and about. Not very interesting, but the world, the emissions are good, and um, and that stuff's that makes up for the sort of step back in visual quality. I would say, um, there's you know the the leveling process is very much like the first game. You there are main missions and side missions that you do. Um, those are pretty much identical to the first game. I would say, you know like structurally um the side missions are a little bit better as well about taking place in unique areas like the main missions except they're just smaller um the side missions probably are are more fleshed out than the first game but i just don't remember them very well from the first game uh and then there was like what was in the there was like the weird side of events sort of just world events that would happen in the oh, first God, game and that was remember. about it um this definitely has a lot more to do you know they ubisofted it even more right <laughs> like there are settlements now there's like three different settlements that you can provide you don't really do it it's one of those things where it's like they're building up this base and like but you don't really do anything to build up the base you just sort of do the missions and they build up the base um i don't the settlements i thought it was going to be like far cry new dawn 
but they don't really serve much purpose um, mm. aside from giving you mods, uh, which, you know, they're, they're fine. There's like control points and, you know, all, all sorts of different world events that come up that are definitely more involved uh, and more varied than the first game, uh, which is good, I guess. Um, I, I was going to say also related to gameplay, the enemy AI is a little all over the place. Um, <laughs> they've clearly programmed in a desire for the AI to flank you, mm-hmm. which is good. That's fine. Especially when you're with a team, it makes sense. Um, but it's like the AI designers didn't talk too much with the level designers. I don't know. All the levels are very linear, right? And so okay. you come into the level and the team just sits at the entrance to the level. And then thus there is no way for the enemy to flank you. And But the enemy will try to flank you. And they try that by running directly at you in a straight line past <laughs> okay. you. Wow! Like just they just haul ass right straight towards you, right behind you, and take cover behind you. And you're just like, why would you run directly at me like that? <laughs> I think I've seen that um, before in some games. Yeah, and it happens kind of a lot in this game, and it's sort of dumb. Uh, but the the enemy AI is definitely improved. It's just sort of funny sometimes when they're just like, well, look at this guy flanking us. He's just <laughs> running directly at. Okay, good luck, bud. Um. Which is sort of there's a, there's also a few times in missions where they spawn enemies. You, you like clear the room, you go and do a little bit of an objective, then they spawn enemies right on top of you, um, and there's no way to know where the enemies are going to spawn, and then you get killed, and you mm-hmm. have to restart the checkpoint. And there were definitely a few times, more than a few times, where I got in with you know I'm just matchmaking with a random group, and. It's a little challenging, and we clear it, and then a bunch of enemies spawn where we're not ready for them, and we die, and and it feels like the only way to know that where they're going to spawn is to just die once and retry, right? Yeah. Because then on the second try, we just have no problem killing everyone. We just stayed at the entrance to the mission, took cover, and waited for them to spawn, um, which is sort of frustrating, Um, occasionally frustrating. The bullet sponge enemies are still very much a thing. Um, They're... Maybe a little less bullet spongy in this. I don't know. It's bullet sponges aren't a problem. I don't think it's just more the presentation of them that they're just they're just human beings, right? Yeah. Uh, I think like, I yes, this guy the... has heavy armor, but like we're shooting like nine hundred rounds of ammo into his armor. Like it's a little ridiculous. I remember when um, I played the first one, it felt really unsatisfying because of that. And I pretty yeah. much just mained a... It wasn't a sniper. It was like a bolt-action rifle that could one-shot, headshot most enemies, not the bosses. But that was the only yeah. way I could really get any satisfaction from the gunplay because it actually felt like I was doing a lot of damage instead of just tickling them <laughs> for yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, you, so that's still very much the case. I would say you, it's more satisfying to use like a, a sniper rifle, mm-hmm. pick off the red bar, you know, normal enemies, and then... But then, yeah, like you get the big guys that just have an absolutely ridiculous amount of health which is yeah it's inherent to the genre i think but it just it just stands out when you're when they're just human beings and you're like this guy is taking so many bullets this is so <laughs> dumb um uh, uh, um i don't know man uh okay i, I like the gist of it is Leveling up to level 30 is very easy, very easy going. 
straightforward. You can, there's a ton of options for how you get there. Um, and it's very similar to the first game, except that there's more content to do, especially more side content to do. Like that route to level 30 is, it's very, very, very similar to the first game. Where the first game failed was when he hit level 30. And I was like, now what? And they said, uh, we didn't think of that. And <laughs> we didn't think anyone would get this far. <laughs> no. So you, you got to level 30. You're like, oh, that was fun. And then there was like, now there's nothing to do. Uh, which is, of course, the seems to be the problem that all these games always have. Destiny did it twice. The Division did it. Anthem really did it. Um <laughs> This is this game's cool when you get to the max level. They do some cool stuff. Some of it's very smart. So when you get to level 30, they introduce world tiers, which is like there's one world one or tier one, two, three, four, five. And that basically just sort of refreshes things every time the tier resets and ups the difficulty. Um, which is I don't know, sort of interesting. They added that to the first game, it turns out. But the the neat thing they do is they introduce a new faction when you hit level 30. Um, and this is like a super elite military, private military faction that basically comes in and takes over the whole map and invades all of the story missions. Mm. All the story missions repop back up on the map and say they've now they're now invaded. And what they're basically doing is trying to undo all the things you did in the story missions. <laughs> okay. And so then you get to go and replay all of the story missions again, but with this new faction. And it's a very smart remixing way. It's a very smart use of their content where it's like, yeah. okay, we have all these levels and now let's remix them in a way that makes them feel surprisingly different um, without actually having to make 15 new missions, right? Yeah, I think and, that actually makes sense because anyone yeah. who knows the genre is not going to count that as a negative because they know that they can't be cranking out a full campaign every week. So it's kind of an yeah. efficient and smart way of getting you to replay the content but in a way that feels new. Yeah, so there, oh, I almost forgot to mention they have three of these things called strongholds, hmm, just like Anthem, actually, yeah. now that I think of it. Um, which are bigger, longer levels. Um, though, like, the normal missions in Division are, like, probably 20 minutes. The Strongholds are more like 40, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. They're just, like, a really huge version of a mission. Uh, again, in a, a unique area. So you get all these missions that are become invaded. And the enemy plays very differently because they're the ones that have all these crazy... Their technology is very similar to your technology. So it's almost like fighting against, you know, yourselves in a way. <gasps> the real enemy is always yourself. <laughs> And um, the mission objectives are completely different. Uh, the dialogue is completely different. Um, the like, the path is exactly the same, but the, the the layout and presentation of the enemies and stuff like that is completely different. And those invaded missions feel close enough to being new missions, really, um, which is cool. I think it's a very smart use of that. And so you do enough of the missions, and it then lets you attack one of the strongholds. Same thing, the stronghold has been invaded. It plays out, you know, pretty differently. When you defeat a stronghold, it ups your world tier level, which makes all the enemies harder and the loot better. And then you move on and keep playing missions, do the next stronghold, keep playing missions, do the next stronghold. And then there's a fourth stronghold that's coming soon, they said, which will sort of be like the final tier of world 
and they a bunch apparently a bunch of stuff comes with that fifth world tier but they just haven't launched it yet um and then there is a raid coming and also when you hit level 30 you get um basically like a super ability it's sort of like somewhere between a heavy weapon in destiny and your ultimate ability in any game that has an ultimate ability okay um it's you get to pick between a grenade launcher a sniper rifle and a crossbow and they're like just basically super powerful weapons hmm. uh and they you know they're infrequent ammo drops but they do like just insane amounts of damage they have their own skill tree associated with them uh you can respec those skill trees at any time you can swap between any of the three weapons whenever you want there's nothing that stops you from doing that um which is that's pretty cool that's a smart thing to add to mix things up a bit uh as you you know play more of the game they're going to be adding three more of those specializations down the road um which is good that's cool um yeah there's there's, there's stuff a, there's quite a bit there um and then you add in gear and leveling up to the max level and gear has mod slots on it that can you can i think there's an enormous amount of potential to really make a build in this game in a mm -hmm. way that the other ones don't really allow for because like destiny's you know you can like sort of spec towards like i'm going to play pvp and my gear is spec towards that and or you can but like that's kind of it uh there's not like a huge amount of build specific variety in destiny and anthem i mean why would you bother making a build in anthem i don't know <laughs> don't get into that um whereas this it's like there there's a lot of different perks on weapons and gear as you get higher up in level and the mods can enhance those perks and so i can definitely see you know in a month or so they're being like okay this person is really spec towards like a glass cannon build or this guy is just a heavy take cover and shoot and shoot and shoot and like you know maybe he's got a gun that like when you empty the clip and reload it doubles the rate of fire and damage which is mm. something that can happen and uh i think there's an enormous amount of potential for building very specific characters in this game which was not present in the first game on day one i think a lot of it again a lot of it they added to the first game so it's a little weird but this is you know a day one experience um this has been a rambling deeply incoherent talk on the division i know <laughs> um it's these games are weird to just sit down and talk about without much this is why i like doing the standalone reviews for them because it helps me just like really organize thoughts for them mm -hmm. um but the division two is quite good it's still inherently kind of boring because <laughs> of the because of the setting you know like yeah you can get like an exotic kalashnikov and it's like okay um yeah i was about to ask the, what's weapon variety like the standard stuff it's, or it's pretty standard okay. there's apparently like a few exotics in the game but most of them are like pre-order bonuses which is lame mm. um i like there you get an exotic um in the edition we got and right at the beginning of the game and it's just a binary trigger which means you it shoots when you pull the trigger in and when you release the trigger which is oh okay but it, it's just it just shoots once so it goes boom boom and there's crazy recoil and it just didn't seem very very interesting um weapon variety is you know it's it's a modern military game so there are 
a bunch of different light machine guns. There's a bunch of different submachine guns, assault rifles, shotguns, snipers, pistols. It's it's that. Um, there's you know there's a decent number of them, but they. It's it's still just modern military, so it's never yeah. very exciting. Um, no laser swords. Another, no, no laser swords, unfortunately. <laughs> um, the the weirdness comes from the skills where you can have like a drone, right, and or a little robot bomb that is a ball that rolls around and follows you and then seeks towards enemies. Yeah, that's where the weirdest it ever gets. Um, it is definitely still let down by the fact it's not. I don't know. I feel weird. I don't really want to hold the setting against it because like it's very apparent that that's the setting, right? I'm not. I didn't go in expecting it to get weird and crazy. Yeah. Um. I know what I know what I'm getting. Uh, I think fashion wise, it's a big step down from the first game. Um. Summer fashion, fashion like clothing. Oh. Okay. You, put, you know, make you know, it's a third person game. You can see your character. You should be able to make yourself look unique. I think that's an yeah, important part I just of these games. Never really saw other players when I played Des- um, Division One, so I don't know where the cosmetics went in that game. I just looked like a generic guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's. Again, part of it is just the setting of like you—you'll never look unique, or you'll never look like really weird and exciting. Mm-hmm. But the first game was set in winter, so you got all the good winter options. You have toques, aka beanies, um, you know, winter jackets of all sh- sorts, snow pants, boots. There was a good amount of fashion variety in in the first game, I thought, and they okay. did a better job of displaying it, like. It has a bit of that PUBG problem where you your backpack and bulletproof vest go on top <laughs> right. of the gear. I would love it. They should probably just have like an option to hide that stuff, honestly. So you can just see like your clothes that you're wearing. But like in the first game, I managed to get like a cool purple jacket and a, a beanie with a pot or a toque with a pom-pom on top of it. <laughs> and, you know, and then in this game, it's like, well, it's summer now and... You know, it's like I I got jeans and a and a shirt on, and it's just there's not as much of it in this game. It feels like, and and it feels like the gear that you equip covers up more of that than in the first game. So that's a little like everyone sort of looks the same. The only thing that really stands out are the hats because there's no no gear that you put on your head. So it's like, oh, this guy's got a red beret on, and I've got a baseball cap, and that guy's got a cowboy hat. But that's sort of it. So it's it's one of those things that's like... So like the just, Team Fortress 2 format. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but it's just one of those things that's sort of a letdown a little bit, but it's also inherent to just the setting, where it's like, you know, things are never going to look too wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that regard, I think there is less variety than the first game. Um, the, uh, it's It's a little buggy... It's a yeah. little janky. Um, you know, it's nothing... It's all very peripheral. Uh, very harmless bugs, I would say. I had one where there was... I wasn't able to move after being revived, which that that wasn't very fun. I had to just quit the game. Uh, but it only happened once. I had one hard crash with no error, which was unfortunate. But when I rebooted the game, it immediately put me back in the mission that I was playing. Oh, that was good. asking or anything, which is... That is good, yeah. I had one time where... Um, a piece of like no texture white terrain spawned on a staircase and I couldn't walk past like walk up the staircase. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, which was really weird. Um I couldn't shoot through it or do anything. 
there's a, a little bit of jank in there, but it's it's the type that is, for the most part, peripheral and very harmless. There's apparently a bug, though, that right now where there you can't... Um, some of the skills just don't work. Like, you click the button and they don't deploy. Um, I haven't encountered that, I don't think. But that's a that's no bueno, because that's like a core part of the combat is your skills. And if you can't use your skills, then half of the game sort of doesn't exist. Uh, well, but it's not bricking PS4s, so... No, you're right. But they've also, <laughs> like... That, that team uh, is... I mean, it's Ubisoft. They're very good at supporting their games, but the Division One had like really incredible support. Um, even though it took them a while to get there, but they like they did a lot to the first game. And uh, I mean, the first game was the one where they like delayed major expansions because they wanted to better improve the core of the game before they even released DLC, which is very irregular. And um, they they seem very like quick to communicate and clearly have a lot planned for it down the road, uh, which is good. Um, so I would say, I would say if you stuck with the Division One, I, I bet the Division Two isn't that impressive because oh, okay, most of the, a lot of the stuff they added to the Division One is just there again in two, except it's there on day one. Like the world tiers are there. The the gear score stuff is there. There's a lot of content in the first game now. But if you're like me, which and I think a lot of people did what I did, which is, you know, played it and then moved on. Yeah. Um, it's a good sequel to the first game. It does have a bit of that Destiny 2 problem where you're like, okay, let me get the binoculars out here to spot the difference um, between the first game and the second game. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very minorly iterative sequel for sure. Um, but in terms of the big one, which is content on day one, it is probably the most feature complete. I mean, that's, one of these. that's pretty important at this moment because it's been Absolutely. the biggest problem with you know Division One, Destiny One, and now Anthem. Yeah, um, you know, Destiny suffered from it twice <laughs> with both games. Yeah, and Destiny is very much not content starved anymore. I would say uh, there's a lot of stuff in that game. Uh, Anthem is desperately in need of content um but this has you know the campaign's about 20 hours pretty varied all the way through in terms of missions and then the end game unlocks and there's a lot of a lot of potential in the end game it feels fresh the end game feels fresh and and different the gameplay itself it's it's we were talking about like oh it's you know it's one of those games that's better with friends, but does that actually mean the gameplay is better with other people? Yeah, or is it, or just, is it just you like hanging out with that person. Yeah, and I do think The Division is one of those games that is absolutely better with other people in both senses. Okay. Like, it's more... It complements the gameplay. Yeah, like, it's more fun to play with someone when you're talking to them, obviously, because the story is trash in this game, and why would you ever pay any attention to it? Um... But then gameplay-wise, it is more engaging with another person because of the ways in which, like, the variety of skills, the ways in which those skills can complement each other. Uh, in that regard, it's a very big step up from the first game. So I think I am I was at my most bored with the game in the first day or two, which was mainly when I was playing it solo. I was having trouble matchmaking, you know, because it wasn't really out yet for most people. 
Um, and then once I was able to just match make, you know, you can match make seamlessly into every mission, um, which is fantastic. The whole game has matchmaking. Literally everything is matchmaking in it. Fuck you, Destiny. Like, they don't care. <laughs> Uh, and that's good because the game is much more fun when other people are there. You don't even have to be talking to them. It's just when the skills are triggering and playing off each other, it's at a, it's quite enjoyable. And the the further in I have gotten, the more engaging those scenarios have become because people, as they get higher level, they get they find their build, they find their abilities that they like, and you get to a point where it's like now you just we're like. Anytime I match make into something, we just sort of plow through it, like breeze through it in a way that you weren't doing uh, in the first 20 hours of the game because you're getting more powerful, which is good. Like, oh, wow, they made a game where you can feel a little more powerful near the end of it. Huh? What a concept, <laughs> Anthem. Um, so, yeah, there's like really very little. I think that there there's very little negative to say with The Division. In most regards, it's an improvement. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, it's very content rich. There's going to be more coming very soon. Um, but I, I definitely do think for me, destiny is the only one that I need. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see someone picking up the division and be like, this is the only one I need is the division two. This Mm -hmm. is, this will satisfy me for years. Um, or, you know, for many, many dozens of hours. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those games like I've had a very good time with it, but like there's nothing about it that is extraordinary, right? Uh, it's yeah. just, it's a Ubisoft game. Ubisoft are the kings this gen of making very competent, very solid, very content rich, middle. I, I was gonna say middle of the road or mediocre, but that is unfair. But you know what I mean. It's just like they're crowd pleasers. They are the kings yeah. of crowd pleasers right now. You can shut your brain off. You walk every 30 seconds, you find something to do, and it's very quick to complete and reward you. And I don't really care for that format in most of the other Ubisoft games, but in this one, the first game in this one is the one that's clicked with me the most of their games this gen, I would say. Wow, okay. Well, just, you know, I'm sort of tired of Assassin's Creed. Far Cry's never been for me. True, the competition isn't that stacked for Ubisoft games. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but like all of their Ubisoft, all of Ubisoft stuff has been so solid. I would say, I, you know, they they have a goal of pleasing the masses, and they achieve that goal over and over again with their games. And this one seems like the most one of those. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's good. Cool. It's, it's a four star product. Four star. Ooh. All right. It's. I think. You know. If, if I don't think the setting would ever allow for a five star experience unless they unless their rate is fucking crazy, which I really <laughs> don't think it will be. I mean, you know, the, the raids in Destiny go pretty wild, but like the setting allows for that. Like, I don't know. Would there be puzzles in a raid in Division? Like, what would those look know. like? I don't know. Um, but we'll be finding out soon enough. And that's cool. Um I think you also sort of hit uh, weak. I don't know what I'm saying. I, I just lost. Oh, oh. When you have matchmaking available for everything, right? Mm-hmm. You can never design anything to be that complicated. Uh, oh, because you sense. need communication. 
Yeah, or you need to design it in a way that, like, if people aren't communicating, they can still figure it out. Right. Um, which is why, like, Destiny should have matchmaking for their story missions. Destiny should have matchmaking for Nightfalls. Um, because the story missions are, I mean, a breeze, and they're more f- enjoyable when someone else is there making orbs and killing things with you. The Nightfalls are not complicated. You just kill things. The raids, you know, should never, ever, ever, ever have matchmaking ever. It would be fucking terrible. Yes. Um, I remember but, in um, my very short time playing Anthem, there yeah. was one puzzle we tried to do, and it was oh. something... I think we were talking while I was doing it, and it was something on Colored Gates with four of us. Yes. And it took, like, 15 minutes because yeah. we couldn't talk to each other. I forgot to mention those puzzles when I when we did Anthem. There were, like, three or four different puzzle types that show up like oh, really? very late in the game only like once or twice and they suck <laughs> because you you uh, like they're not particularly complicated to figure out yeah but this is a game that has like you play like 15 hours and there's no puzzles and then they're suddenly like oh here's a puzzle <laughs> and you're playing with people and they're like no one gets it except for you and you're like get out of my fucking way idiots let me solve this puzzle but you can't communicate and it was garbage. And I think Ubisoft is smart, you know, and I, I suspect, like, all the content in their game, you just shoot things. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not complicated. You don't need to communicate. Um, so I, I'll be very curious to see what their rate is like. I suspect it'll just be shooting things. With a, you know, maybe there'll be a cool boss at the end. Maybe there'll be a boss mechanic. Yeah, I can't but really I, think of what they could do mechanically, but we'll see, yeah, I not, guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. So... Whereas Destiny is like, you know, they can inherently do basically whatever they want because mm. of their setting. And um, I think there are a lot of small quality of life things in the division that still stand out as being great that I that were there in the first game and are still great here. It's like, you'd never have to worry about ammo. They just put an ammo box like every 30 feet in the division. You just fucking who cares? Give you, you have ammo. Mm-hmm. Easy. You know, there's seamless, like, the matchmaking is so slick and, and and quick and easy and effective. You just, you're out in the world, you walk up, and the, like, UI overlay for the mission start pops up, and you just say, matchmake me with someone. And it says, okay, we're doing it. And then it says, we found someone. Do you want to join them? And you click yes. And then you very quickly load, and you're standing right where you left off. And then you start the mission, you know? And there's matchmaking for every single thing in that game. And that's great. And there's just... The, you can seamlessly load into the multiplayer. You just walk up to the Dark Zone checkpoint and walk through the checkpoint and you're in competitive multiplayer. And uh, that stuff is cool, especially after Anthem, where you have to fucking load to do everything, including check your inventory. Um, so I think uh, if you're coming off of Anthem or you were going to play Anthem and then didn't, it, basically the Division 2 looks so much, it looks even better after Anthem coming out. <laughs> um... But I do think every time I play one of these Anthem, Division, whatever, I am reminded of the fact that Destiny is still the one for me. Mm-hmm. But the Division 2 is very solid. All of their DLC for the first year will be free, oh, okay. uh, which is fantastic. You can, I don't think anyone should buy the fancy editions of this game because all of the DLC will be free. Mm. And all you get for buying their season pass is one week early access to that content. Um, and mm. some, you know, cosmetics. Yeah. Um, so don't buy the fancy edition. Uh, but if you like the first game and bounced off of it, or you know, f- didn't come back to it, if you wanted to like Anthem and hated it because it's Anthem, 
or if you're tired of Destiny, whatever, Division 2 is all around very solid, very competently made, content rich, more content coming very soon, a year of free content. You know, it's Ubisoft. They're, I would call them a generous developer, right? Like yeah. their products are generous. People seem obsessed with time played equals value, right? Like that seems to be the metric right now. I was like, well, how long is it? How much time can I get out of it? And yeah. Ubisoft seemed very committed to being like a hundred hours out of this AC game, you crazy person. Like Ugh, you want a yeah. long game? We may say made AC Odyssey's 200 hours long now. Just play it forever. Um, is that true? Let's see here. Because I know it came out with a new DLC thing. So I'm actually not sure if you're joking or not. Assassin's Creed Odyssey main story is 40 hours. Main story plus extra is 71 hours. Completionist is 113 hours. So that's... <clears throat> and that doesn't include any of the DLC, I'd imagine. Origins, I wonder... Because the Origins got a lot of DLC. I played like 50 the... hours of Origins. Yeah. And didn't touch any of the DLC, right? Nope. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, the the standalone review for Division Two will be much more coherent. I hope. Uh, <laughs> Forty minutes long. Forty minutes long. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's good, solid, competent. Cool. I'm a little burnt out on it because I played a lot of it in a short period of time. But yeah. um, I'll definitely stick with it. The I'm curious to see what that tier five world and last stronghold is like. I'm very curious to see the raid. Um, yeah. I, there's very little to complain about with it, I would say. That's good. I I don't know if I've been converted. Eh. I, th- I feel like I'm always just waiting for Ubisoft to do something fantastic. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're just the kings of, like, satisfying people just enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're- hey. If you like yeah. the division, kings of mediocrity like of is too like harsh sounding, but like yeah, I mean that in a, a complimentary way. Uh, they're like they make comfort food video games, yes, um, and you want a lot of comfort food when you need comfort food. Um, and That's true. You want to gorge yourself, and they they allow you to do that. Um, they're the king so. of seven out of tens. Yeah, or four <laughs> stars in this case. <laughs> Uh, and those four stars last very long. God, like their game. This is probably the sh- one of the shorter ones though in a while. Like twenty hour campaign. Christ, yeah. Their lifestyle I mean, game is half the size of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. What are they doing? I don't know. Get a grip, Ubisoft. No Make played- Division Three oh. six hundred hours long to beat the main campaign. Yeah, Jesus. and Assassin's Creed twenty four like two hours long. Yeah. Oh, that would be all right. <laughs> I'd probably play that. <laughs> Me too. Sekiro, shadows die twice. <clears throat> and you'll die a lot more than twice. No one's ever made that joke before. <laughs> yeah, I don't... To be honest with you, I don't know why they did that little addition to the title. I really like their, you know, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, simple two-syllable title thing going on. I don't know why they chucked I mean, it makes little... sense for, like, the lore, you know? But just... He, just, he dies just and then Sekiro... he can resurrect. Yeah, but you yeah. can actually come back three times. Later on, it's true. Sekiro's <laughs> shadows die three times. It has yeah. less of a ring to it. Uh, I do like the part in the game where you talk to Kubo, whatever the hell his name is, Lord Kuro, and he's like, "You probably resurrected two or three times to get here." It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was a definite like, bit of comedy. I think I got to that bit as well, and he's like, 
you've definitely resurrected more times than you can even count. And it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> so Sekiro. Yeah. Sekiro is the reason this video is coming out the second week of April. Because yeah. when we did the um, Feb, February? When was the last sure. one we did? When February, we did the Feb- yeah. February video, we were like pretty timely. We were on time for mm-hmm. once. And we've and had the Division 2 and DMC5 we chatted about ages ago at this yes. point. Yes. The second came out the 22nd? Yeah, 22nd. So two weeks, two weeks ago? And it took me a long time to beat it. I literally beat it last night. I did, for anyone who knows the game, I did the Resurrection uh, playthrough. Killed all the bosses, got all the prayer seeds, all the gourd seeds, and did as much as I can in one playthrough. There's actually two bosses I can't get to, uh, if I, unless I do a different ending, huh. uh, which hopefully I will see when I do New Game Plus, because I'm actually really interested in doing New Game Plus, because it should be so much quicker. Because the amount yeah, of content in the game that's optional is huge. Yeah. And people are doing speedruns now in 30 to 40 minutes because you can just Jesus. run past so many enemies. Huh. Yeah, I and guess so. If you just... Is, yeah. Huh. The main ending is really... The main ending is like 15 hours backwards from where I finished the game. You can skip so many areas depending on which ending you do. Wow. Which is interesting. I, I Yeah. People who go into these games blind... Oof, like, they're brave people. I don't have the guts to do that. I had a wiki, like, guiding me along the way. It's like, you can miss half the game. And I guess there's nothing yeah. wrong with going back and playing it again. I don't know. It's just all the way I've done the Souls games. I like to have... Uh, there's usually a wiki with, like, a quite like, rudimentary and spoiler-free... Uh, they call it a progress route guide. It's just mm. like, if you want to see everything, get everything. Here's where you go. And it shows you off your titles of the bosses. If you think that's a minor spoiler. But apart from that... That's how I like to play them. Yeah, I think that... I mean, the, these the From games of the last 10 years have always had a, a communal aspect to them. And yes. this maybe has a little less of that. But yeah, I don't think there's any harm in going to a wiki and being like, what is this thing that I have in my inventory with yeah. this ridiculous name? Uh, or where do I go? We should probably think, back up a tiny bit. Uh, yeah, we probably should. One thing I just... I do want to start out before we get into the specifics. Uh, this... I think every From from game has quite a fun zeitgeist with the community, but everyone's yeah. figuring out how it works. And I think Sekiro has had maybe... Sorry, Sekiro. What? Which one is it? <laughs> Sekiro. I said That's it right, the question. I said it right the first time, I think. I'm doubting you myself. You did, you did. Sekiro. But I think this had maybe the most interesting zeitgeist in a long time. Because um, I don't want to say the Souls games have got easier. I just think... Uh, a lot of people are in the franchise by now, you know. Yeah. By the time Dark Souls, kind of three. Bloodborne, Bloodborne was different, but Dark Souls three for sure. People were really familiar with the game. Doesn't yeah. mean they're easy games, but when you're used to the combat system, there is a learning curve which is gone, and it's just like you against the game. And Sekiro was very interesting because from kind of ingeniously and kind of evilly <laughs> is evil yeah. a word? I'm not sure. But they made a combat system which is challenging to master for newcomers. But also, they made a combat system which is also very challenging for Dark Souls players. And mm-hmm. it's absolutely 100% by design. Because there are a lot, a lot of, of things... breaking of habits. <laughs> yes. If you have muscle memory for Dark Souls, you are going to have a rough few 10 hours or so. 
Mm-hmm. If anyone, I don't know if there's anyone who likes Dark Souls that hasn't played Sekiro yet. Probably not. But just like a couple of examples. I don't think I'm going to go through every like layer of the combat because I would be here all day. There was a lot to pick up. But some obvious differences is in Sekiro you have no stamina. Whereas in the Souls games, I would say stamina is the core of the combat. Oh, yeah. You are always keeping an eye on your little green bar. And whether you can block or dodge depends on how much stamina you have. And it's all about balancing that in combat and making sure you have enough to uh, manage, manage your space. And in Sekiro, you don't have any stamina. There is like a pseudo stamina with the posture system, but you can wail on enemies as much as you want. You can block whenever you want. And getting that into my brain was really difficult. Uh, Another major difference is jumping is used in combat, which is never used in combat in Dark Souls, like ever. You maybe Mm. jump on one boss in like a fun scripted sequence in Dark Souls 3. But apart from that, you never jump. So I think I was like 15 hours into the game until I finally drilled into my skull that I should be using jumping for evasion and for stunning enemies. It took me so long to get over that habit of not jumping in combat. And the last one is a really evil one where in Dark Souls, if you are holding down blocks, your stamina comes back slower. So you're on a constant <laughs> mental battle of letting go of block and only holding block when you have to. And in Sekiro, you hold down block to gain back your posture. It's the direct opposite. So they have purposely made this system to combat the skill of Dark Souls players and the memory they have for the game, which is pretty evil, but also kind of ingenious. And I think maybe it's a direct response to Dark Souls 3 and people kind of blasting through that game and not having a huge amount of trouble with it i'm not sure or they just wanted everyone who picks up the game to be on the same playing field although i kind of think dark souls people might have been at a disadvantage because you have this muscle memory and it's almost like when you were talking about having trouble with the spider-man combat because you were Mm -hmm. your your brain was doing the arkham buttons that's Mm -hmm. how it felt for the first like 10 to 15 hours of Sekiro for me yeah Um, i definitely didn't have that uh i should say i should uh, I, I am <laughs> no expert at from software games. Let's mm-hmm. just say that uh, I have definitely not beaten Sekiro, uh, <laughs> a- and I will um, eventually, but not legitimately. Let's just say that. <laughs> Let's just say that um, I am a fraud. I am a hack. I am a false gamer uh, with what Sekiro because it's it's on PC, and I'm saying what I'm saying is two words cheat engine well you know there's been a pretty big debate on the internet there has been uh, easy mode yeah and and all i'm saying is um get a pc (laughs) yep it's called (laughs) personal computers it's called cheat engine Um, yeah so yeah i we should roll back a little bit i feel like because sekiro is a fascinating designed game i think like Hmm. it's it is so going in, I thought, like, I didn't pay any attention to it. I They they did their E3 trailer, and I was like, that looks cool. From mm-hmm. software, weird. This looks different. And they said, like, it's a linear action game, and it's not an RPG. And I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. And then I didn't pay any attention to it afterwards. So I sort of went into this. The reason I wanted to play it most was to f- see what it was. Yeah. And then um, going into it, in my mind, for whatever reason, I had sort of imagined it as, like, 
a little bit more like a platinum game in terms of like it's sort of like you know 12 hour linear they said linear action and i associate yeah. like the I'm linear like, word from, really threw me off yeah is it from software making like a a sort of platinum game style action game yeah like a ninja gaiden like, type thing or something yeah i thought oh that would that would be kind of cool because also it was being published by activision right which you sort mm. of associate with more casual friendly games and um it turns out Sekiro is none of those things um yeah well, i mean it is linear uh in a sense and it is certainly an action game um but it sure shit ain't easy <laughs> no. and it ain't short it's um, not short, no. and so it was it's a really it's such a fat it's such a weird fascinating game because it, it is simultaneously the most upfront and clear in terms of teaching you things and in, per, giving you information and story compared to the souls games uh like it, this has cutscenes and like a, a, a plot you can follow a little, uh, um, this practice dummy dude in the main hub the, yeah it practice. has a training dummy that you can work with um there's like the tutorials are very clear and like not they're not like this janky ass message on the ground that you just read and it's like <laughs> r1 to block and you're like okay thanks game yeah uh, this has like proper tutorials. The item descriptions are very clear for the most part about what they do. Um, you know, everything is that stuff is really clearly presented in a way that the Souls games never ever were. Yeah. And then, but then on the other hand of it is the, the combat, which is so fucking deep and complicated. And well, it, maybe not complicated. I don't know, but it is demanding in a way that the yeah. Souls games aren't i think mm. it's because uh, and it's, i just don't think there's as much flexibility in no. this game with what you are allowed to learn yeah it's you a really interesting everything yeah it's a really f fascinating like dichotomy of like it's the most accessible in a lot of ways but then it's also the <laughs> fucking hardest thing they've made and and it's like you need to learn how to play the video game or you're not going to beat it. And it's not like the Souls games where you can farm, you know, and overlevel yourself oh, yeah. and and build into all sorts of different types of combat, you know, fast, slow, fat rolling, all these things. Like, Sakura's combat is Sakura's combat. And you either are going to get very good at it mm -hmm. or you're not going to get very far in the game. Yeah, I think a, th a persistent theme of Sakura is probably mastery. Definitely. Yeah. You have to master the game. And again, I'm referring back to my 10 to 15 hours where I was really struggling. Mm -hmm. I have beaten pretty much every Souls game except for Dark Souls 2, even Demon's Souls. And I <laughs> yeah. wouldn't say I'm that good at them. Because you don't really have to be that good at the Souls games to stumble through them. Because again, yeah. they give you the flexibility of, you know, if you want to be a hardcore dude, you can learn how to parry. You can play with no armor and two swords in your hand and just dodge roll. And yeah. use rings where you, if you get hit once, you die. But you do triple damage and you see people doing it without getting hit. And I'm the guy, you know, with the shield and the big health bar. And I just kind of... I just, just scrape everything. My, yeah, I just kind of scrape my way through. And yeah. in Sekiro... And you hit the you, boss in the ass over and over again and then it dies. <laughs> Yeah, or you call in a second player to help you out. Exactly. You yeah. So yeah, I've I'd be in the mall and I would never really consider myself a great player. 
Mm. And they never demanded that of you. If you were just, I don't know, persistent enough, stubborn enough, you would eventually get through the bosses. Mm -hmm. And Sekiro does not give you the tools to do that. There is no cheating your way through these bosses. You will have to master every single attack, and you have to know exactly what you're doing. And you can't just, like, ignore a set of moves. Like I just mentioned, I never really learned how to parry in Dark Souls. Oh, I know how God, to do it. I never, yeah, never. But to me, <laughs> every time I tried it, I timed it wrong and just got hit in the face. And I'm like, I'm just going to dodge. Why would I try and yeah. parry this? You're invincible. I, like, just dodge. And I think in Sekiro, my approach was, like, a little bit similar. I ignored the, the jumping stun for, like, 10 hours um there was there's another move that i completely ignored for ages and i was severely punished for not listening to the tutorials even just the core of deflecting is is like Mm -hmm. something that i was ignoring for quite a while uh because i'm i am an extraordinarily terrible souls player (laughs) Uh, again never really played a lot of them bloodborne's the one i played most just give me the thing and I'm just going to, like, my timing is terrible. I just spam attack. Like, I'm just terrible at them. And so <laughs> it took me a very long time to get through my thick skull that it's like, oh, you need to deflect, like, yes. everything. It's um, like the primary action in the game, I'd say. More than yeah. attacking. It's a very different approach to Souls where it's like you you go in, you hit a couple times, and then you back off. And you dodge and you dodge. And then <laughs> you run back in and you hit a couple times. If you play it like If you play Sekiro like that, you're fucked. Yes. Um, and Sekiro is like, you need to be engaged with the enemy the entire time, never let, letting up, deflect everything, attack them, deflect the fuck, you know. Yeah, use your, your, back your tools, your, your prosthetic arms, use everything. Yeah. Uh, and it is definitely, it, I, it definitely feels like a reaction to, like you said, Dark Souls 3 being sort of just breezed through. Um, by the like everyone, the everyone mastered yeah. the Souls games, right? Like, right, yeah. It was they were figured out, and I think they moved on from them. With Dark Souls three was the last one, you know, and I think it was good of them to be like, all right, people have figured these games out. Let's try yeah. something else. They uh, said they're not making any more, and I assume that's probably a response to that. Yeah, they feel completed. Like everyone, like the people that like those games, <laughs> they've figured them out. Yeah. I mean, what's his name just did that no hit through the entire series, like never getting yes. hit once. Uh, that's From wants you to learn a new experience and have to mm-hmm. figure it out and go through that. Go through that barrier of difficulty and overcoming something. And, you know, they can't keep doing that if they get to Dark Souls 5 and everyone's played two of them already. So yeah, it, it exactly. makes complete sense to keep, you know, uh, reinventing their own formula. And I think a big surprise of mine was I didn't think this was a Souls game. And maybe you could debate the logistics of if it counts as a Souls game, but I'd say it really is just another Souls game, but with the most variation in the combat so far. You know, Blood Bowl was just a bit faster yeah. with the weapon variation, and this has a lot of differences, but this is still like a from Souls game. This goes with Dark Souls and Bloodborne, if you know what I mean. It's in the same spirit, for sure. Yeah, uh, that's debatable if it's a Souls game. It's debatable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There are a lot of really neat echoes of the souls games throughout you know there are fog doors and even just the way like money and loot drops on enemies is very you know and the way it flies to you and the menu sounds the main menu start menu is literally identical yeah um i think 
you'd have to probably def- like set up rules to properly define what a, what makes a Souls game a Souls game, and I would bet that there are a lot of those rules that would not apply to Sekiro. Like yeah, the the ways which with which you can diverge and build into all these different ways. You know, the very no RPG, RPG stuff. Nature. Yeah, yeah, but I think. Yeah, I don't know if I would call Sekiro a Souls game, but it is Souls adjacent or, you know, it, it is very much definitely, yeah, like it's, this is the same people making, you know, the first non-Souls game yeah. in 10 years. And it's like, okay, this is clearly like the same people. The spirit is the same. I mean, who knows? You know, in this- like 10 years time when they made like two or three more games, this might be like the start of phase two and it might yeah. have a different name, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I think philosophically there are a lot of very similar things between the two um, yeah it's miyazaki same creative miyazaki, director it's still his vision vision totally yeah and, and the that sense of like you know this is extremely difficult you need to learn it and and then triumph over it like that sort mm-hmm. of loop is very much there the i mean there are border there are basically bonfire equivalents there's basically an Estes flask yeah. equivalent you know there are there are definitely but i think some of the ways with which it diverges are where it gets most interesting, like the stealth and the mobility, yeah. uh, which we haven't even touched on, which are, those are the elements I like the most, I think. Um, I really like the mobility. I really yes. like it. But it, I mm. will say that I wasn't really that keen on the stealth overall. Yeah, yeah. When I it's first started little... the game, I was like, this is really cool. Uh, because it's new, and the animations in this game are outstanding. So when you mm-hmm. stab someone in the back and you the blood spl- spraying everywhere, it just looks amazing. And it is fun at first to have this um, secondary option in combat. You know, you can you can almost puzzle your way through areas. You're like, okay, this guy's his back turned, so I can easily take down this guy. And I think I really enjoyed it at the beginning mostly because I was kind of struggling with the game and I was like, oh, thank God I can just stab this big fat guy in the back and I don't have to battle him. <laughs> but by like hour 30, I don't know, the the magic did start to fade for me when I was just, you know, crawling up behind an enemy and pressing R1 and he was dead. There was something right. that just... Again, it was only near the end game where I was like not even really interested in the stuff. I was just like, I'm just going to run past these enemies because I don't... If I'm going to stealth them, I'm not really fighting them. I don't know. It was just something that I have never really clicked with in games. I don't really like sure. stealth. I'm not a sneaky boy. And I didn't get any satisfaction for, like, like you can also get a sugar, which makes you basically invisible. So stealth is, like, you don't have to think about it. You just pop a it's sugar. It's pretty easy. Go behind someone, and then you press R1, and they're dead. And I don't know. Combat variation is always good. It's, it's nice to have different ways to approach combat when they create a pretty strict way of fighting enemies, especially in boss fights, you really have to know what you're doing. When you're outside of boss fights, just fighting the ads, having more than one way to go about it, probably was the correct decision. They are the smart game designers, and I'm the idiot boy. They've been doing this for a long time, and they probably were like, uh, all fights are starting to feel the same when you're just clanging swords against everyone. So let's make some variation for pacing reasons. So I think the game would probably be worse if you didn't have... The ability to stealth. And also it's optional. So I should shut the fuck up. Because I don't have it to do is, it if right. I don't want to. But also, <laughs> why am I going to make the game harder for myself when I could just stab the guy in the back? You know? I'm a true. lazy guy. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm mixed on it. I don't think it ruins the game. I'm just not a stealth guy. It's not really my thing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I would call myself very impatient 
circumstantially very impatient. Like with bosses, I'm very impatient, but with in between stuff where it's where I can be stealthy, like I don't mind, you know, hiding in the bush for 30 seconds to wait for the right moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so that the stealth that we, you sort of touched on it, um, it, which is the sort of gets into the, the thing that I think is maybe the most problematic for me with the game. And it sort of touches on like my favorite and least favorite part of it, which is I really, really like all the combat between the mandatory bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the mobility because you have a grappling hook and you can very quickly zip up to to trees and rooftops and get out of a fight. Um, I really like that you can be stealthy. I really like that you can break stealth, enter combat, zip away, and re-enter stealth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I really enjoyed that. Lo- the, I've really enjoyed all of the combat between mandatory bosses because you can approach it however you feel like it really yeah you, and you have a lot of items and tools because of your your broken arm your one yeah. arm whatever you call it so you can a lot, of, a lot of variation and experimentation with the i guess i could add i don't know i don't know what to call yeah. it outside ads of boss fight ads and and optional bosses you know are sort yes. of all in the uh non-closed off arena areas mm-hmm. right and that 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 stuff is where I've enjoyed it the most, and it, I also think it's really neat how they there's sort of that element in the Souls games of like cheesing things, you know, where it's like I'm gonna summon someone, yeah, or I'm gonna stand right behind the boss and swing with you know a held R two attack or whatever, and or use it. What was it in Dark Souls or Demon Souls where you could just like use an arrow and shoot like seven hundred arrows at a boss and you'd never get touched and things like that. Where it's like <laughs> I'm cheesing the boss and that's fun because fuck you. Like yeah. this game is a bastard. I'm gonna screw it. And Sekiro, in terms of like boss cheesing, that's pretty much non-existent in my experience. At least I'm sure there's a few cases where this yeah. attack is really good, but you can't summon. Um, in this game at all there's no online component um, so the bosses in Sekiro are like you need to learn the combat you need to yeah. execute on yeah. the combat like nothing else and then all of the and in the bosses you cannot use stealth and you cannot use mobility they are just in an open arena you know with walls on all four sides and that's about it like you know pretty standard from software boss room design eh, well. but then there's, there's well, something. in my experience, you know, from what I've seen, right? Yeah, yeah. I know that there are probably a few uh, variations on that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like... But so then there's that where it's like, okay, to progress past these mandatory bosses, you have to be a master of the combat. But then all of the combat where you're not fighting the bosses, except for maybe the mini bosses or side bosses or whatever you want to call them, all of the just regular moment-to-moment gameplay is... I don't want to say easy, but it's like... It's easy. <laughs> It's like sometimes I can, but it's cheesable is what I mean. Really, is sometimes I can. <laughs> I like the ways with which you can cheese the 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 content, the fights in between boss fights. You I can. like that you the can, majority of the game with stealth using your tools, your shuriken. You can be a little bit yeah. cheesy, yeah. I like that you can kill some guys, run away, come back, you know, and re-enter stealth and zip away. And there's some. I feel like I'm sort of cheating the game a little bit when I'm doing that stuff in a way that I really enjoy. And but then, if you do that, then you don't learn the vital skills you need for the boss ex- fights. Exactly, and I think that's the biggest problem I have with it right now is that the most of the combat outside of 
you know, between the bosses isn't really asking a whole lot of me. Yeah. And then you get to the boss and it's like, uh, are you a master samurai warrior? Uh, no? Okay, then get out. And it's like, oh, yeah. uh, ugh, <laughs> I've learned nothing. And that's probably the biggest issue I have with it and is just that, honestly, I wish that the bosses just incorporated that mobility and stealth a little more. Uh, because like I really like the side bosses because you can do a sneak attack on them. You can enter stealth and fuck with them and you can eventually like convert enemies to come help you fight them and i I like that stuff a lot and then just the bosses are just so fucking demanding (laughs) Uh, and i'm just i'm just not good enough which is when i open cheat engine and make myself unkillable but you could Um, get good enough i know but i i don't want to (laughs) (laughs) that's fair um that's that's where the like should it have an easy mode discussion has been coming up a lot i feel like um yeah, it's just maybe how that's why, demanding some of those fights are. Maybe that's why the discussion has been so prevalent, because you could argue the tutorialization, is that a word? Probably not. You yeah. could argue the way it teaches you in the game is not the best at all times. It teaches you the combat, but like you said, mm-hmm. the game really gives you the ability to play it kind of how you want up until uh, some mini-bosses and definitely the major bosses, the shinobis yeah. as they're called where you have to know exactly what you're doing, react accordingly. And there is some limited flexibility in the bosses, but you really need to know all the combos. If you want to do it mm-hmm. effectively, I'm sure you can blag your way through all the bosses not knowing what you're doing. But if you want to do it like cleanly and have sweating bullets, you need to know exactly what you're doing. And maybe the game doesn't do the best job of doing that. Because I will tell you, the yeah. spear, the seven, he's called the seven oh, spears. Spe- seven spears of Ashen or whatever his that name is. That guy, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. He destroyed me for three hours. Wow. And then I, I gave up and I left and I went on to go against uh, Genichiro. Genichiro, Gen- yeah, yeah. And that was when, this is like when I was talking earlier about the 10 to 15 hours where I wasn't really getting to grips of it. That was when mm-hmm. the game finally was drilling into my head that I need to learn this jump stun. I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention, but when he was doing his uh, his sweeping attacks, I finally like looked up a guy. I was like, oh shit, I remember them <laughs> saying something about this, but I forgot yeah. about it. And then once I'd learned that jump stun, I went back to the, uh, the spear boy and I beat him in like one minute. I destroyed mm-hmm. him. Because through mm-hmm. his slow attacks, you could just jump stun him over and over again. So the game really punishes you for missing like one one ability and one system and this might be where the discussion is coming from because i do think if you are unaware of a single ability in this game you will have a really hard time because mm-hmm. i'm not going to point out the boss fight that you had a hard time which you wouldn't have had a hard time if you knew about what you should be doing yeah i mean i it was late i you know uh, it's okay you make... i'm just i'm just saying turns out like it's the first boss in the game. It's trying to teach you to hit the fucking deflect button. Like, yes, I mean, it's basically you know, a deflect tutorial. Look, sometimes you're just an idiot, and I was just being it's an okay. idiot. You know, but I don't happens. think you're alone because yeah, the the conversation of difficulty in this game has been a bit extreme compared to other Dark Souls, and I For think sure. that might be where it's coming from because when I was against the spear boss, <laughs> I was almost in that club. I was like, this mm-hmm. is fucking absurd. Like, this is too much. I am so furious. And then you figure out, oh, wait, I haven't been doing this one thing. And you try the one thing and like, oh. 
Right. Yeah, this game it, actually isn't that difficult. You just have to know everything about it, combat-wise. It maybe it maybe fails to make clear up front like the core philosophy of it, which is yeah, you need yes. to like this game is about mastery. Because not everyone's going to go on the wiki like I did. No, certainly not. And like the core principle of the combat is like mastery and perfection, which is of course very in keeping with you know samurai and shinobi and all that. And it makes and it's like you need to master the combat. And I think, yeah, they just sort of maybe fail a little bit to make that core idea really clear. Especially when front. it's different from uh, Dark Souls, we don't yeah, really have to do that. I, I would almost say that like the Souls game, they sort of almost have easy mode like built into it in that you can overlevel yourself and then you, you can, can also um, summon other players and you, you can know? do magic if you want. Yeah. I've never done it, but you can do ranged spell magic, which apparently is very easy mode for people who don't want to, you know, get in there with a sword. Right. And so I think, yeah, like the flexibility of souls sort of allows for more flexible difficulty, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, whereas Sekiro is not flexible like that. And yeah. I'm yeah, not, um, I hope it doesn't seem like I'm complaining because I'm not, mm. but it's just an argument that's been going around the internet. And I just think it stems back to people not really... Like you said, understanding the basic major <laughs> core philosophies of how this game works, especially when it's so different from everything else they've made. Yeah. So I think it's, it, this game is rough to start, in my opinion. Yeah, and that rough start could be like 15 or more hours before you, you Put learn. Put it into your skull how you play the yeah. game. Yeah. Which the core philosophy really often feels like get good or get out. Like <laughs> Yeah, but that's always been that kind of a meme in Dark Souls, but in Sekiro it's real. It's very real, it yeah. feels like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I should but say, yeah, it's, yeah, it, feels okay, like, yes. it feels like it's been like a negative note saying the tutorialization isn't the best. I think it's probably one of the most satisfying combat systems ever made in an action game. Mm. It's super deep, super rewarding, very reactionary. It rewards you for being patient and taking your time. I do have some minor, minor issues and complaints, which I will bring up. But I think it is the best combat system they've ever done. And maybe one of the best combat si systems in action games. It's really deep, really rewarding. And there is, like you said, outside of the major Shinobi boss fights, there's a lot of flexibility to do weird and wacky stuff. I'm Definitely. not going to spoil all the crazy abilities you get. But the game really allows you to do wacky things. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, you can really mess around with some of the systems in the game. And there's been some funny highlights We've already mentioned there's an ability which allows you to take over enemies. There's other things which I won't mention, but taking over enemies mm. is a hilarious ability, which, again, you have to, like, think about it. There was a boss the other day right near the end where there's a general and the spear guy. You know, the seven spears oh, guy God. is him and a general. Uh, and the general only has one bar of health. So I used oh. a stealth sugar, got up behind him, and then I took him over. And he was yes. on my side, and together we fought the second coming of the the spear boy and it was brilliant that stuff i love that stuff about this game and yeah. and i just got that ability to to take over an enemy and i was like oh this is this makes this is a really interesting twist uh and yeah. and a new option for sort of cheesing things in a way that yeah. I, I really like i had a question about the skills mm -hmm. um how useful would you say that the skill trees like the skills are like because to me right now, I mean, I'm still fairly early, so I haven't unlocked a ton of them. Uh, 
a lot of them just feel like more <laughs> combos that I'm never going to use. Like, there's obviously all... a few important deflects. Yeah, yeah but... they're all pretty pretty damn useful. Okay. I'm pretty guilty of not effectively experimenting with, uh, I think it's called combat arms. It's the yeah. hold R1 and press L1, or hold L1 and press R1. It's like a big special move. Right. I kind of just stuck with the same one for the whole of my playthrough. I will change it up in New Game Plus, but there's a bunch of those to experiment with, uh, which I didn't because, I don't know, there's there's so mm -hmm. many things to learn in the combat. I was trying to take it one step at a time. Uh, the ninjutsu skills, which is the what, the, what do you call it, the slot where you take over the enemy, you keep getting a bunch of those, and they're all really wild and interesting. Okay, and that's they're cool. all yeah, super yeah. effective and great. And then you just get more prosthetics as you go along, more arms. That stuff is really; those things are really good. Yeah, uh, they're really neat. They they unfortunately do the bloodborne thing where it's like it uses a consumable, mm -hmm. uh, which I, I I don't know. I just sort of wish that they would just make it so like you have fifteen, and then when you rest, you just those replenish. I don't really yeah. know why they make it a consumable. It's not for really that for a, sure. It's not really a problem after the first like few hours of the game. Like you just. Dump some money into into them, and you'll have get some yeah. of them. Like I always end up just, just buying those... a bunch of them before boss because I knew I was just about to yeah. die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, that, but the the variety of them is uh, there's quite a lot of them. I mean, I've only got like I've got eight or so of them. I bet there's a lot more than that. And I think uh, it's like I think you're pretty close. Okay, but then there's a there's an extensive upgrade tree. Yeah, uh, which it, it changes, changes the functionality. It. Yeah, uh, when that upgrade tree showed up, I was like, "Oh my god, this game is a lot more complicated than I thought it would be." Yeah, and there's like a bunch of skills which tie into using your sword in tandem with the prosthetics, so you can chuck a shuriken and then follow up with a slash, and then like pop something else out, and it really adds some nice flow to the combat. Mm. The combat is really deep. Really, is that's deep. good because I. And <laughs> just run in and slash and deflect, and that's all I do. <laughs> I mean, but it's, that's that's kind of maybe that's our version of saying you don't need to learn the parry in Dark Souls. In yeah. Sekiro, you don't need to learn every single combo, but it allows for some really fun play if you do. Hmm. Well, that's good to hear that it it uh, continues to get deeper and weirder as well. Because I mean, we've literally uh, talked about the combat for thirty minutes and nothing else. That's true. That should yeah. probably say how much is going on with the combat system in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right, huh? There's um, the amount of variables in it and the amount of different ways you can approach it. Outside of the bosses, which usually have... They have one or two responses to every combo they have. But apart from when you're outside of it, there's a, there's a lot going on and a lot you can do. And I look forward to experimenting with some of the, the arms I didn't use. I didn't touch the spear much. There is... I won't spoil anything, actually, but there's a couple I didn't really mess around with in my first playthrough. Mm. I'm actually mm. really excited for New Game Plus because I think starting the game with all of the tools, all of the ninjutsu skills straight out the gate is going to be really interesting, and it's going to make things Definitely. play out a bit differently, I think. I, yeah, I'd be curious how some of those other, like, earlier boss fights would be with yeah. uh, with some different things, yeah. Um, Before we move on, what, I will just okay. say, I just have a few little quips mm -hmm. about the combat. Um, I, I don't really, and this is a personal thing, there's arguments for and against it, I don't really like combat systems which don't allow you to cancel out of queued actions. Yeah. Um, this is in, I think it's the same in Dark Souls 2, 
Um, it, I think it was the same. I, in I would Neo. say it's even the same in Bloodborne. Having played some just last night, you can. Oh no, uh, you can you can dash out of an attack in Bloodborne okay. and Dark Souls. Yeah. Oh, out of an attack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 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 But in you, there's no yeah. action cancelling in Sekiro, and there's there's an argument for no action cancelling because you need to be more careful with your attacks and you need to be yep. more deliberate and plan. And it's basically it stops people from spamming attacks. But there's just oh, for me. I don't like feeling like I'm not in control of my character. Mm. I find it very frustrating when I, I start an attack and I'm, I'm against a speedy enemy and they start to do an attack and I just can't dodge out of it. Even I'm pushing the button and I know it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> All I have to do is be more reactive than aggressive. I just wait for them to attack then attack first. I understand. I know it's my fault. But I just don't like not being in full control of my character. I think it's more of a preference thing than me saying that I think it's a bad system. I think the system makes sense. It forces you to really be like more reactive, more focused, and more careful. I just there's something like unimmersive about hitting the B button to dash, and he doesn't do it. If that makes sense. Right. Or yeah, I yeah. push up to heal, but because I've pressed heal while I'm haven't finished my like my roll or my whatever. It doesn't work. And in my in my brain, I've queued it up and it doesn't... Ex- I don't know. There's just some things about it which make me feel like I'm not in full control. And I just... I don't like the system in any games. I'm playing Dark Souls 2 now. And I, ugh, I just, it's preference, I think. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah it's just fair. Yeah, it's just for me. I don't know. Uh, and apart from that, the only thing I would say is I do feel like some of the windows for attack deflections are sometimes a little too small. <laughs> and this might be yeah. asking for a get good comment because you know it's a computer it's not randomized there is a window and if you push it right you will get a deflection but yeah. sometimes it's so small that i feel like the human brain can't realize when my brain actually can't realize when i've done it different from another timing if that makes sense yeah, that that first optional boss right before genichiro the the guy who is just a samurai and all he like basically his only attack is I'm going to unsheath my katana and hit you twice so fast and resheath the sword. And that that was the that guy, the speed with which he hits blew my fucking mind. Like <laughs> really? okay. Well, he was the you know, you know which one I'm talking about, right? Where he just yeah. does the like and then resheathes his sword. Like Oh that was the first yes. Yes, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. He's fast. And I was like, this is so fucked up. Like He's I really it was fast. the first time I've played a game where I'm like my brain is and body are not fast enough for this. And I got through him by poisoning him because that does a lot of damage to yeah. him. Um, I, I, it literally felt like I need to go and like rail cocaine and like to be fast <laughs> enough to... Adderall, Adderall, Adderall. Adderall and coffee. And like, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know how, like it just, it, it, it was astonishing to me. I've never seen an, an, an enemy attack so quickly in a game. It was just, I was just like, holy fuck, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of enemies like that, it sounds like. Uh, I, I only say this because I've been watching a lot of streams. It's a really fun game. I think all From games are fun to watch oh, people yeah. struggle through. Oh, yeah, they're fantastic spectator And games. I feel like a catchphrase of the whole community has been, I pressed L1! I swear <laughs> I pressed L1! I've been watching a lot of, uh, I think he's called Fextra Life, Cass, yeah. the guy who runs the wiki. And that is basically his catchphrase. He's like, I pressed L1! And it's the same with me. Like, I, it feels... I feel so yeah. confident that I nailed the timing down. And I understand it's a computer. I didn't get it down. 
but there must be the window. If your brain can't register that you're doing it incorrectly, then in my opinion, it's maybe like five, 10 frames too strict. You know, yeah. when the human brain can't register failure, it also results in frustration, even though yeah. I'm just trying to like not get yelled at by people who are telling me to get good. I oh, know I'm doing it incorrectly by like a short amount of time. I know. Yeah. But when you can't tell. But it feels and, like your own physical body is limited and you're like. I think there's I'm, just something very frustrating about feeling like I pushed the button at the right time. I reacted correctly and I pushed it. I had the intent and I failed. It just feels very cheap, even though mm-hmm. I know I pushed it wrong. Okay, don't yell at me. I'm just <laughs> saying, I just think the window should just be a little bit bigger. You're still reacting. You're still pressing the right button at the right time, mostly. Yeah. You know, just just a little bit of a window doesn't, you know. Some people aren't as, you know, some people are older than some other people. people. Yeah, and like if you're playing this in the evening when your brain's starting to slow down a little bit, like I was when I encountered him. I was literally hitting the button and he, his sword was like resheathing by the time I hit the deflect button. Because the whole animation is like 15 frames, it feels like. Like, it's yeah. so fast. And I know it's longer than that. But, like, when I was playing that, when I encountered him with a slow evening brain, I was like, this is impossible. <laughs> I am not capable of this physically. Yeah. I gotta uh, really agree with the easy mode stuff. But I think maybe if the window was just like a, just a little bit bigger, then a lot of people yeah. would be complaining a lot less. A lot less, yeah, yeah. That's just, <laughs> just, yeah, just my, just a little bit. That's what I'm saying. You just gotta get good, son. I beat the game. I beat all the bosses. I did it. All right. I'm just saying. Every now and it's then. Impre- I'm impressed, by the way. Thank I, you. I, upon encountering that slashy fella early on, I was like, I will never be this. I, I. That was when I realized. Anyone that beats this game is a good... They're good at video games. I was like, and I will never be good at video games. I have been playing them for a while. So I'm okay, I'm okay at That's video true. games. Yeah. But let's get into like um, the, you know, the pace of the game. Literally now, anything other than the combat, maybe? Yeah. I mean, you know, from games are pretty simple in structure. You have a nice big area with a bunch of ads, usually with a different theme. Them- not, not, yeah. not thematically, like just different environments. And then there's a boss. And then you move on to the next one. And, you know, feudal feudal Japan, is that right? Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I do think it's a bit more of a limited setting for what From can do. There are yeah. some more wild areas later on in the game. But having played, you know, 50 hours of Neo, like going to Harata Estate and Ashina Castle was very samey for stuff that I'd seen. And, you know, when you play Dark Souls, sometimes their stuff is similar, poison swamps and big castles, but they still do strange and interesting stuff because fantasy is so flexible and so broad. And uh, just feudal Japan, after playing Neo, for me, the environments just weren't as inspiring. The game still blend together looks a little bit. A little yeah. bit. A lot of bamboo yeah. forests and big dynasty temples, or dynasty, yeah. sorry. But um, is it, the game still looks good. From artists are amazing. Great vistas, looks PC great and runs great on so PC. Good. Yeah, but uh, just, I, I can't yeah. imagine. I, I was gonna say sorry to interrupt, but I cannot right. imagine this combat at thirty frames per second, where you have. Is it actually thirty uh, on console? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, oh, uh, which sounds pretty fucked up, but. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> oh, I want to play react. this game at like six hundred frames per second. Yeah, like, you know, like. Uh, but yeah, I agree. The environments are a little. I was glad I poked, popped into a couple of later game streams, and I, it was nice to see that, like, oh, it still gets a bit weird. 
you know, a little bit, uh, yeah. There's some a little like, bit, yeah, within the realm of some spiritual yeah. areas, which are pretty yeah. nice. But it's it's a lot of just feudal feudal Japan. You kind of I would say the same for well. the enemies as well. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of they're pretty, you know, aside from the fucking giant roosters. Um, <laughs> there are a few, you know, some of the enemies do get a little weirder, um, and I'm sure they get weirder later on. But the the enemies are a little kind of. limited. Yeah, they're a little limited in terms of strangeness. And, yeah, a little and bit variety. less variety in the design of this game compared to yeah, definitely yeah. Bloodborne and the Souls game, and a little less interconnectivity. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Though there certainly is some of that for sure. Um, but good, it's a good exploration game um, because of that mobility. It really mm-hmm. lets them tuck things away. Oh yeah, uh, and There's I almost really some like kind of puzzle areas where you're like, I don't know how the hell to get up here. There is no grapple. Point. Yeah. Some good there stuff. Have been a that. few. There have been a few where I found like I don't know how to get down there without dying. Um, and I like that you. It's one of those games where in a lot of cases you can just sort of like if you look, if you like take a different perspective at an environment, you're like, oh, I missed a pathway. Which I'm. I know the Souls games are like that as well, but it feels. <laughs> it's the verticality is tremendous, and there are nice sections where there are just like. Eh, this is just a little exploration section. There's no enemies here. Just wander around and and look yeah. for stuff. And there's some neat secrets. There is um I don't know. I didn't realize this, but the headless that first headless you find, um, th- there's another exit out of that headless area that mm-hmm. takes you like deep into the Sempu Temple, which is yeah, like, huh? That's neat. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I found that. Like the yeah, the exploration's really good. I, I I I like that a lot, and um, I'm glad they still have some. Let's call it the trolley spirit of From Software is still present for sure at times yes, in this game. Uh, it's not maybe as present as the Souls games, but uh, you know the bit where the guys fly out from the sky and tackle you. Like, that was pretty good. There's some there's some stuff like that. Those stupid little tiny bastards that wear their little wooden hat and throw oh, like yeah. daggers at you on the cliff side. I like how From is like, oh. eh, you're going to judge these guys and you're going to think they're a pushover and then they just destroy yep. And me. then they put three of them on a rooftop and you're like, this is game is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's some good stuff. I, I just laugh whenever I encounter those things where it's like, you bastards, fuck you. There's a really good, uh, this is a minor spoiler for an enemy coming mm-hmm. up, so maybe skip forward 30 seconds if you don't want any enemy spoilers, but there's a fun enemy in one of the later game areas, which they look pathetic. They're like a little slug and they die in one hit. But if you don't <laughs> notice them, they fill you up with this meter and it, you no. get hit with this affliction called Enfeeble. And Sek- oh, no. Sekiro turns into an old man and he's like, he, <laughs> he's walking on his sword like it's a cane and you can't Holy move. Shit. And then they just come and absolutely destroy you. Oh my God, that's amazing. It's brilliant. That's so Minus spoilers. Spoilers over. Minus spoilers yeah. over. But yeah, I would I would almost recommend letting them do that. But if you're near a shrine, just oh, I'm definitely uh, yeah. Enfeebled, it's hilarious. That's I'm like, what's happened to him? Oh, so good. That's so good. Oh man. Uh, But yeah, there's like, you know, exploration's good. There's still that spirit of trolley attitude, which I love. I love it so much. And there's still. I love how like so much stuff is optional. Like you said, the bosses, so many optional boss fights. That so many optional areas. So many optional areas. Yeah, Harata Estate is um, completely optional. Oh yeah, you're right. The late game place that you might have seen called Fountainhead Palace, optional. Don't have to do it. Huh. Loads wow. of stuff. I mean, that's why yeah. the speed runs are so quick. Like people that's, doing it in forty-five minutes. That's crazy. 
And there's good, um, you know, some good moments. Let's say there's a couple yeah. of neat set pieces. Uh, one where one early one where you're exploring on the cliffs. That one's really good. Very cool. Um, you know, there's still that satisfying feeling of "fuck you, game. I beat you, you son of a bitch." Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. And that, I especially like that feeling when you cheese it. Uh, it's just like <laughs> I'm smarter than you, game. Like the uh, my so far my favorite moment with the game was. Um, Fighting Juzo the junk the drunkard. Yes. And I was just like, nah, I don't want to fight fight this normally. So I would like, you know, aggro guys, stealth kill, get rid of all the ads. Yes, yeah. Stealth backstab Juzo once. Right. And over then and get sprint the guy. Yeah, run over yeah. and get the guy and be <laughs> like, All right, same. dude. Yeah, and it's like I love that. I love that you <laughs> yeah. can cheese the fight like that. And I, I wish there was more of that for the main bosses. But the main bosses I think are pretty infrequent which is good uh, yeah but I, I think there has to be a big challenge in the game so for yeah there game, have to be gates for sure for sure they are pretty I just, yeah, as a and it's an extremely yeah. mediocre gamer i just yeah. wish i could cheese everything because it's it's very satisfying it's a very fun feeling to get like feeling like you're one-upping the game where you're just like i know they thought about but i also things, think but, you know there's an argument to say that it's even more satisfying when you master the game and having yeah. both of those abilities or possibilities side by side makes for, you know, a really diverse experience overall. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was, it's... I'm just going to transition into talking about some of the boss fights, not specifics. Okay. I was just going to also say there's a story. Oh, yes. Shrug. Yeah. There is a there is a, an actual story in this game that you can follow. Uh, yeah, it's really simple, actually. It's just about trying to yeah. sever uh, an immortality curse. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's sort of interesting to see them take a more traditional take on to storytelling. Uh, yeah, and there's the, and I, there's deep lore if you want it, and if not, there's yeah. just kind of a pretty easy to follow journey with our as characters. opposed to Souls, where there's extensively deep lore and no story to follow up front. Yes, uh, I and one last thing, I like that the setting is sort of in the midst of the collapse, whereas like the Souls games and Bloodborne are like, okay, here's the city. Yeah, post collapse, yeah. everything. Like I can easily picture this game, a game set in this same area that is like you know five years afterwards, where everything is just demons and corrupted, yeah. you know, shit. There's some and, um, cool moments in the game where two factions are fighting, and you don't even oh, have cool. to get involved if you don't want. You can obviously, but huh. there's like two factions fighting, and you can just run past them. It's it's a more live game. Yeah, and I I just like it's neat to see, you know, in Senpu Temple, there's lots of references to like these guys are starting to fuck around with the dead and like, that's no bueno. And you know that like five years from now, this whole thing has collapsed and it's all gone to shit. Yeah. Uh, it's just sort of neat to see them roll back their sort of timing for the setting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Go on. What were you going to say? Uh, all right. How are the bosses? Okay. Rank so. every boss from easiest to hardest. Go. <laughs> Oof. Some bosses are really fucking hard. Last boss is hard. I yeah, do. <sighs> So I have to I have to go on a bit of a journey here, a little bit of a talk. Okay. So I would say my first again, first five ten hours were rough. Again, didn't adapt to the combat, didn't understand what the game wanted for me. I was in the crew of people who were struggling. A bit embarrassed to admit it. I was having a rough mm-hmm. time. But then I had the combat click with me, and I had maybe the most satisfying session of Sekiro ever. I paid about eight hours in one day. I think Ooh. it was a weekend, and it was very reminiscent of my time with Dark Souls 3, which is my favorite of the series. 
everything was just flowing. I was excited to get to the new area to see what boss was next. And I just... When the, the From games flow for me, mm. there's just nothing like them. And there was a moment where I thought Sekiro was going to be my favorite of the series and maybe even my like, top game of the year. I was like, this is going to be better than my experience with Dark Souls 3, which whew, I loved Dark Souls. And flow is quite important to me. I think when a game flows really well, it, it stays in your memory as something special. God of War comes to mind, the way that just mm -hmm. every second of that game, I just never wanted to stop playing. And when a From game can do that, which it shouldn't be able to do that because it's full of frustrating challenges, it's a really unique experience, which is why Dark Souls 3 was like my number two of 2016. But for me, I kind of, I'm not sure if I ruined my Sekiro playthrough for a section <laughs> by imposing this challenge of getting every prayer beat. Uh, which is get, killing every mini-boss in the game. And I was having the best time of my life up until the Guardian boss fight. He, was, he didn't ruin it, by the way. He's a fantastic boss fight. Maybe the best designed boss fight in the entire game. God, he is so good. Whoever designed him is a genius. I won't spoil like the twist in that boss fight, but it's fucking amazing when it happens. But anyway, after the Guardian boss fight, they start to really recycle mini-bosses. In a way which I found really extreme, uh, kind of frustrating, a little bit boring, and it really killed the momentum and tempo for me. And it happens in a really short period of time. I think the Guardian Ape is a good um, like timestamp of when it really started to happen. Like after the Guardian boss fight, I came across another Snake Eyes guy, who is the guy outside the gun fort. And I was uh, like, oh, it's, okay. it's his twin brother, okay. And then there was another headless and then another drunkard. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? Is there going to be any new mm. bosses? And it just went on and on and on. And every corner I went around, there was a repeat of, an, of a mini boss. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know. I don't think it's bad to have repeat bosses because, again, a theme of this game is about mastering stuff. So, you know, when you, when you fight a drunkard for the second time, you're much better at the game. And you get to yeah. destroy him and you feel good. But there's a lot of rehash bosses. And I feel bad criticizing this because these are all optional. You don't even have to attack them. But a counter argument is they have prayer beads inside them, which are incredibly yeah. valuable items and, and huge incentives to pursue them. And the headless guys drop even better items. They drop a replacement for the sugars, which are permanent, not permanent, um, unlimited if you have spirit oh. emblems. You can just use three oh. spirit emblems and you get the uh, attack defense or what's the invisibility one whatever you know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah so the rewards for these mini bosses are really big it's not like in dark souls where they're just on the side and you get bonus souls you get character changing rewards for killing them and i've always just done a full boss roll a run of these games because i don't know it just feels satisfying to beat every boss and know that you've really conquered every challenge these games can throw at you it feels like a nice completionist tick box when the credits roll it's just kind of, I don't know, it's a, a tradition I've got into with these games. And I kind of feel like I should not have done that because it ruined the back third of the game for me to a point where I was kind of not enjoying it. That's there are so many rehash mini-bosses. Uh, there are a few that are optional, again, depending on the ending you choose. And I also, on this list, I kind of included... Um, is this a spoiler? Uh, I won't say it. 
There are 18 repeated bosses in this game. Wow. 18. And I'm going to count them out for you. There are four headless. Two yeah. of the Snake Eyes guys. You know the speedy samurai with the sheaf? He sheafs out. Yeah. I've... Oh, yeah. Him. Two of him. Three Shichimen warrior. Don't know how to pronounce that. You, f you can fight the guardian ape twice. There were four drunken guys with the fat guys with the swords. Jesus. Another chained ogre. Uh, you know the, the ninja guy down the well? Yeah. Three of him. Jeez. Another bull. Uh, you can fight uh, a major boss, which I, I won't say his name, twice. Uh, the spear guy comes back. And another one of the bosses you can fight three times with a total of 18 rehashes. And huh. this only starts happening two-thirds into the game. So you get kind of like a wave of them coming at you. And it just really ruined the momentum for me in a way which I found really disappointing. Because when I got to the Guardian boss, Guardian Ape, I was like, this is one of the best games I've played in the, in the series. It might even be the best game. And then I kind of hit this roadblock where I was like, oh, he's fucking headless number four. I beat him three times. This has gone past the point where I feel good about conquering him. Also, mm. two of them are underwater. Whoever put two headless what? underwater? Oh, the headless underwater boss fights. Oh, Jesus Christ, they sucked. God, those <laughs> fights suck. But it was like after Anything, on, anything Warrior, underwater in a video game should be banned. Oh, but like the third Sitchman Warrior, it's like I, I beat him twice already. I proven oh. I can do him. It just felt a little bit lazy for From. Especially when they were kind of placed in weird places that didn't really like contextually make sense. Some of them were fun. Like I, I think fighting the bull for the second time really worked because the bull gave me a lot of trouble and I destroyed <laughs> him the second time. I think fighting a drunkard for the second time is good because you know you learn how to deflect better. But four of him? Did we need four That's... of him? Yeah, jeez. It would and it if they had been more spread out, I don't know. It just felt like a 25-hour experience inflated to a 40-hour experience for me. And again, mm. it's really hard because it's, it's a self-imposed challenge. I didn't have to go for all the prayer beads. I could have just left them. But there's good rewards in them, and I want to beat all the bosses. It's content. When you pay for the game, you want to you want to do all the content. I don't know. It's I'm struggling to know if it's a valid criticism when it's optional content. It's like moaning that there's too many side quests. But when you tie... Like, stuff that really... Yeah, gameplay important things, yeah. So, I don't know. People might say that it's a stupid thing to complain about because you don't have to do them. But I wanted to do New Game Plus, and I thought it'd be nice to go into New Game Plus with the biggest health bar available. <laughs> that made logical <laughs> sense to me. Why would I not want yeah. to have the most health I can have? Of course, But to do yeah. that, you've got to fight 18 bosses you've already fought. Hmm. And that's just... Uh, I don't know. It's just It was unfortunate for me because... The flow of the game was top tier. I was playing... I could have played that game and beaten it in two days after I got to the Guardian 8 boss fight, but it took me like another week because I'd play like three hours. I'd get pissed off because I was kind of starting to rush the boss fights because I didn't want to fight Shichimen Warrior for the third time. Didn't yeah. want to. So I was getting sloppy and it was just... It's just a person. I shouldn't have done it. I ruined the game for myself. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> shouldn't have done it. But I do think the repetition of the bosses was a bit extreme. I think you can give the players the satisfaction of being like, hey, I've grown as a player and I'm better now in a smaller scale. There's new yeah, game plus. Like, like I can fight these bosses again like, on my own terms. If I want to fight them again, I'll play new game plus. You don't have to put every single boss in the game twice or four times. 
I just found it to be a little bit obnoxious and sometimes it came off as a little bit lazy. And I've never used the L word for from ever. So that it feels bad to say that. But yes, yeah. that's just like a padding, one... Padding out a little bit. Yeah, it's a self-inflicted bad. complaint. I didn't mm. have to go for 100%, didn't have to kill them all, but I did. And I found it really annoying and it ruined the momentum for me. But apart from that's that, apart from that thing, all the boss fights in this game are really good. I think this has the best boss fights in anything From has ever done. I love the main bosses in this game. The shinobis are fantastic, but I kind of got soured on the mini bosses a bit because, you know, yeah. I fought for the drunkards and for the headless. And I'm just kind of sick Ugh. of them. I'd heard that there were four headless. I, f- I thought that made sense because it was like, oh, there's like four, you know, they're sort of hidden throughout the game, but I didn't realize that there were so many other that were repeated. A lot. It's too bad. It's a lot. It's too bad. But again, I don't know. Maybe that's not valid criticism, but I did yeah. it. And it kind of soured the back third of the game for me. I mean, an all-boss run is not exactly an uncommon way to play through a, a farm software game. So Yeah, especially when they have so much good stuff in their bellies and I want to rip it out. Right. I want to. need I them upgrades. I do. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't know if that's a valid complaint, but I'm going to say it anyway because it ruined... Yeah. Not ruined the game, that's a harsh word. I still loved the game. Great experience. But it, it was on course to be the best in the series for me because it was just flowing so well and the momentum was fantastic and that kind of soured it also wh- whoever made the um the foggy forest fuck you oh good there's a foggy forest in this game too huh great god when you get to that don't fight anyone because eventually you kill okay. someone who gets rid of the fog i should have done that god that error uh. was annoying <laughs> mm, that sounds a lot like the forest in bloodborne <laughs> Yes. Or the forest in every Souls game. <laughs> Gotta have some homages, don't you? Yeah, definitely. But yeah. How good did it feel, though, to beat the final boss last night? Oh, fantastic. This game has some yeah. of the best highs from beating My bosses bad. that I've ever felt in a video game. Because they I require utter mastery, utter focus, and a lot of patience and practice. And they just feel fantastic to beat. Yeah. You come out there good. with like shaky hands and just a yeah, great, satisfying like feeling. S- you need to go walk around the room for a few minutes after that. Yes. The game is... It's a really, really great game. And I think the my favorite part about the game is just seeing how flexible From can make this format feel without really changing that much of its core. It is very different, mm-hmm. but it's to me, it still really feels like their stuff. And just with like a few optional... Not optional. Just a few little tweaks here and there. The game just feels so different combat-wise. And obviously, yeah. I know there's a lot of difference, but I'm talking about just changing the fact that you have to block to get back posture instead of not blocking. Like, it changes everything with these small tweaks. And I do like that they're on a course where they're experimenting. And I hope that we get more variation for them. I hope the next game they announce isn't Sekiro 2 or maybe even Bloodborne 2. I hate to say it, but I just, I'm mm. enjoying them trying different and new things with their own format that they made. It's cool. Yeah. And I'd be, Do you want to give down. it a rating? Oh, uh, ooh, I didn't think about this. Ooh, are we doing half stars? If we're not doing uh, half stars. Sure, no, I don't know. If we're doing half stars, <laughs> it's a four and a half stars for me. Yeah. It's it's a phenomenal action game. Mm. It's beautiful. It's difficult to master and extremely satisfying. And, you know, you can complain that the game has a rough learning curve and maybe doesn't paint a picture of what it wants from you as the player very clearly Hence, the internet's reaction to the game. 
But the zeitgeist for the game has been really, really enjoyable. I know you shouldn't critique a game on what the community is doing outside of it, but whatever. I've really enjoyed watching speedruns, watching people play it, like just seeing how the world has reacted to this game. Because it feels like no one has reacted to a game's difficulty since Dark Souls. You know, mm-hmm. the, the meme of, oh, it's the Dark Souls of blah, blah, has always yeah. been like, this game is really difficult. And no one's ever said this is the Bloodborne of this or the Dark Souls 3 of this. And I feel yeah. like, I feel like people are going to be like, this is the Sekiro of X and Y from now on, because this game is fucking savagely difficult. It really is. I think it's brilliant. I, you know, I have, my only main complaint is the repetitious mini-bosses, but it's optional content. If you listen to this, I would recommend not really doing all that stuff. I don't know. It's definitely player-dependent. Some people might not be bothered by it. Some people might really enjoy killing the drunken guy four times in a row. I'll open cheat engine and kill them all. <laughs> But for me, it, I'm just like, I'm a big m- momentum and flow guy. I like playing games yeah. for an eight-hour stretch in a day and not feeling bored. That, to me, is like my good gaming memories. That's what I remember the most across the year. And I had one of those in Sekiro, and I was like, hell yeah, I can't wait to do that again. And I didn't. It was like three or four hours bad. maximum before I was getting annoyed. So yeah, My only major complaint, a self-imposed yeah. completionist list soured my experience. And you don't have to do that. It's up to you. You can play yeah. the game how you want. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I mean, as someone that's just... I, I very much know and am fine with the fact that these games are not... Like, I ain't the target audience. <laughs> I am not the one that these games are made for, even though I do find them really just... They're very fascinating, just as pieces of design. Like, from software... Like, I mean, they invented basically an, a new type of game in a way. And yeah. Dark Souls is such an such a monumental game really it, it, it really has over the last 10 years as time goes on it really just keeps solidifying itself as one of the most important games made in a very long time in terms of influence and reaction yeah. and all that and um uh they're just such a and, and no one has figured out how to make a from software game right like there are so many impersonations of souls games out there and they're all shit. <laughs> that's that's being I'm being too mean. But like you know what I mean? Like the yeah. from from software are the only ones that know how to make these games. Yeah. Uh, and and it's really Sekiro is equally fascinating. Like I I remember getting into Bloodborne, but I remember sort of starting to see the spark when I played a decent amount of like 6 hours of Dark Souls 2 of I'm just being like man, like the online nature of this game is so amazing like the yeah. fact that there are these player placed messages that are just like jump off this cliff there's treasure down there <laughs> and then you'd be like jump off the cliff and you fucking die and it's like <laughs> oh great and like like that is as a piece of design like it's just so it's so smart and weird and yeah. this has all these this has a lot of similarly smart and weird but different design elements from the souls games uh, i sort of miss like the online sort of trolly nature uh but it makes sense of course but yeah that's from software just those guys think about game design in a way that nobody else does and it, and they execute on it in ways that is really I, I find it very hard to look away from like i just want to sort of poke at it and be like man this is so weird and cool uh and i i wouldn't necessarily say that i like sekiro like i like sekiro but i don't you know like it's it's just you you respect ha- it I have enormous respect for all the From games, but I just, you know, I don't like boss fights, you know, like that, like I fundamentally don't like boss fights. So of course I don't like From Software games. Um, But I definitely like 
we'll see. Bloodborne is my favorite of them. Sekiro is number two because I'll, I mean, I've played more twice as much Sekiro as I ever did any of the Souls games mm-hmm. uh, and will finish it all the way through, even though I might have to cheat more and more as things go on. <laughs> uh, but I just like, want to see as much of it. You know, I want to see these weird abilities you talked about that yeah. beyond the possession uh, or resurrection, whatever, you know, of enemies. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really, really cool game that is not for me. And that's, that's fine. I, <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against it. Uh, it. It's also been just neat to see the the sort of I don't know I don't know if I'd go as far as say divisive nature of it, but like eh, there of. have been really neat reactions to it. Uh, I would I would agree. I think yeah, it has been divisive. Maybe divisive. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's just an inter. It, it's just fascinating to watch everyone react to it and be like, "This game was incredible," and like, "Oh, this game is way too hard," and we need to easy mode for every game, and or we or you know, like the combat. This just it's 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 good that it didn't have a reaction like Dark Souls Three. Like Dark Souls Three, I feel like just sort of came out yeah. and went away pretty quickly, and everyone yeah. was like, "That was great. It was great. It was another one of those, and it was great." Whereas this game came out and like it's been a couple weeks now and people are still discussing it and I expect them to continue discussing it uh, for quite a few more weeks. Honestly, mm. uh, I, don't I don't know that. I don't think I it's going to get an easy yeah. mode. <laughs> oh no, no, of course not. Um, I feel like th- like the game's sh- difficulty is a response to people getting used to the series. I mean, Miyazaki wants the Absolutely. game to be brutally, horribly—well, not horribly, but brutally difficult. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that this has the longevity of the Souls games because, mm-hmm. just because there's so a much limited less. way to kind of run yeah. it. Yeah, but it it's been really cool to see a lot of discussion about it again. But it, but that discussion is like very different from the Souls discussions. And yeah, uh, yeah, they they are no one makes games like From Software, and Sekiro is no exception. And it it reinforces more than ever, I think the like fascination in what they do next like i'm just like i don't even know like i I, and i can't wait to see it because they're so weird and creative and smart uh and make fucked up games in ways that are their their games are fucked up in like really cool ingenious ways and not like oh this is so janky even though you know there are some elements of rough edges for sure in some of their games i do i do hope that they don't fully commit to the new direction and they kind of go back and forth between other design philosophies that they've had in the past because there are parts of dark souls i do miss i like the rpg stuff i'm a big fan of it uh also dark souls is goofier it, i feel like it's less yeah. it's just a bit more silly the, you know the ragdoll bodies and something i noticed really early on in Sekiro is you can't push enemies off of cliffs like you can in right. dark souls like enemies fall off of cliffs and big enemies will hit smaller enemies if they just get in the way. And there's like a, a lot of comical laugh out loud moments in Dark Souls. It just kind of looks a bit ridiculous. And there's yeah. not really any of that stuff in Sekiro. So I hope I don't be, this isn't like fully committing to this new direction. I want the old from philosophies to kind of keep creeping into their new products in different I ways. I mean, that's the thing with them. Like, I don't have any expectations for what their next game will be. Like, I just... I. I don't. I don't know. Like, bring maybe, back ragdoll Sekiro game. Is it? Yeah, bring back the ragdoll corpses. You know. I mean, the, these guys have made like mech games. You know, they made. Um, the, didn't they make like three D like three D dot game heroes or something? Like from software oh. is a weird. They made Darasin. Dar- Darasin. Dar- the, it was a PSVR game last year. Like, 
They, they make all sorts of weird ass shit, and I don't know what their next thing will be, and that's great. Uh, that is great. I yeah, that. I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to not have any idea what's coming. Yeah, because like uh, when after Doctor Who three, they had such a defined format. Even though they went a bit weird with Bloodborne, we kind of knew what we were always going to be getting. Yeah. I was always just gonna, I don't know, expect a, a spin-off of Dark Souls or Bloodborne two, but now I have no idea, and that's that's always yeah. fun with a company to not know Absolutely. what they're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. Bloodborne was very much like you look at it and you're like, this is a Souls game, like a hundred percent. Whereas this, you're like, this is similar, but it's a big enough departure that you're like, mm, now I don't know what they're gonna do next. Yeah, um, a lot of people have used yeah. that meme where it's like, what is is it this thing? It's like yes, but also no. Yeah, exactly. It's very much that. Yeah, is it a Souls game? Yes and no. And no. Uh, yeah. Good job from software. You keep trucking along, confusing everyone and making everyone break their controllers and yes. debate <laughs> would, online. Who would do that? Break a controller. Putting a crack in an Xbox One controller is no small feat. You should be proud. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Me? No. <laughs> I am the coolest cucumber. So anyway, end of uh, the March discussion. What a month, dude. End of March. It was a really good month. It was. There's been some good indie stuff on the so side. Far. I've been playing Satisfactory Early Access. There was Babaraju. Cool puzzle game. Astroneer. Astroneer's been good. I even dabbled going. in the Division 2, which is, you know, I might, I might play more, but I've... It seems pretty comfy and good from what I played. And April has <gasps> Days Gone. <laughs> days is that it? Oh shit. Uh is that it? Is that what we got? Days gone? Maybe we should wait to Dreams. Oh yeah. Dreams early access. <laughs> uh, I don't know what April April's roundup will contain. Maybe, Maybe it we won't should be just wait for May? Because May yeah. only has rage two, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't really know when the next one will be. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, SteamWorld Quest is April as well. But yeah, Rage 2 is literally the only thing we have scheduled for May. So we might not do one until later in May, maybe. Uh, yeah. But anyway, th thank you for listening, guys. Thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. YouTube at the moment uh, does not like us. Really doesn't like us. And uh, I don't really like them. No. <laughs> to be honest so any support on patreon is appreciated because uh relying on youtube adsense with our format not really gonna happen so appreciate anyone who goes out their way and does that that extra bit appreciate you guys and everyone also, else this is just... in in this is sorry to interrupt this is in a podcast form as well and yes. that is now uh on spotify i got it working i think well done. I, I don't use spotify so it, it's there now Good just job, put dude. it in the comments if you want me to just if there are more fucking podcast services out there I'll put them there I don't know I don't God. use someone like, universalize the podcast yeah, platforms well, all over the place but yeah thank you for the support guys thank you for listening and we will see you uh, in one month or two months depending on what comes out have a good one <laughs>